All right, welcome to Oblast. I'm here with Karate Dog. Welcome. Hey, I'm Karate Dog. <laughs> and, um, dude, we haven't talked in like over six months or so. What's been going on? Yeah, I, I wrote you like a month ago. I spent 45, you know, I like to email, uh, you know, friends and acquaintances. Right, right. Occasionally. And um, my computer froze, which it, do it doesn't generally do. And like, it froze, froze. Like, not like, you know, Microsoft Word. Because I usually write long emails in Word. Right. And there was no auto recovery, and it was totally frozen. And then I guess, even though it's Windows Seven, it's never had problems. One one of one of the one of the chat one of the forum guys on VGN was friends on Facebook, and there was some random like antivirus program. And I actually, my Windows Seven computer was infected, and it totally took care of it. And then there was an, like a huge update like two days later, and I've never had any more problems. But I wrote you an email. And that Russian mafia, that Chinese mafia that wanted my credit card number, <laughs> they, they kept me away from sending you a nice email. Just infected it. Well, that's that's too bad. So what's been going on, though? You're um, no. you still teaching or whatever? I don't know. Well, what whatever. I don't like to talk about. Oh, that's right. You don't want it to <laughs> get out. Temping. I've been temping. And uh, I've been building up my credibility for the job that will never come to rural North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's, it's nice to know that... Uh, that I should be making $30,000 a year in benefits, and it's great I'm married to someone who does. It reminds me of my, my, my early days with mom and how she would pay for everything. And I just remind myself that uh, marriage is a, is a unity, and it's all big money pot, and it's great that I'm contributing. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful 2009, and I think everything's going. When I read your uh, forum posts about stocking up on canned goods, I just feel, I feel this Christmas glow. That everything's going to be great. And um, no, really, I mean, the, the, the long and short of it is, is if I want to make, you know, I want to make 30 grand a year and I want benefits, which is really, I mean, when it comes down to it, they're paying you 45. I got I would have to right. move if I wanted that job now. But as is, I'm, I'm basically temping and doing some professional training. And I mean, you know, compared to someone with who, who let's say, and I know this is going to be all about like being Jewish compared to someone who isn't Jewish and didn't go to UCLA. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm in a pretty good spot. I mean, when I go, when I go around and I see people, dressing the way they do and talking the way I do. I have no idea how they make any fucking money. So so that uh I don't make as much money as well, I you, should. You have a uh, you you puts have me ahead of those people. I have no idea how they generate any income. They don't seem to be I'm I'm actually kind of shocked. I mean, I I know the teachers don't get paid very much, but you're saying you don't even make 30 grand right now? I mean, no, no, no I don't have a job. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <So. laughs> I mean, I did pretty good this year for a guy without a job. Jeez, but, that's um, harsh, man. I, th I thought you had something going there for a little while. I do while. have something going, but I don't really have a job is the thing. I have the trust and admiration of my peers, and uh, uh, I'm building up great uh, collateral for, for when, when that when the job uh, that I want to come sailing in. But yeah, in terms of actually getting paid and, and having the job that I want, that's... I'm... I'm Three steps back. Oh man, that sucks. It's all right. I'm picky about what kind of job I want to do. Okay. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of in a spot where it's like, look, you know, the money, you know, money is money. It's like, are you good at the job that you do? Do you like doing it? And then I have the job in mind that I want, but it's really not available. And I'm just kind of for for you know when somebody retires or dies. Um, <laughs> But like I said, you know, I mean, I really can't just move right. because I'm married now and my wife has a great job. Sure. 
and uh, she's, you know... I yeah, mean, I mean, there's only so many schools in driving distance from where you live, right? I mean, there's only yeah. so many options that you have to go. Like, once you've used those up, it's like, how far out... I mean, how far out would you drive to go to work? I mean, what... I suppose an hour. I mean, really? I yeah. don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, dr- driving more isn't... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm in North Carolina. You're in Cleveland. I guess there's some other suburb of Cleveland that you can drive to. We're not starting from, you know, a huge uh, – it's not a populous area. Oh, okay. it's, it's Nobody lives here, so there's not really any jobs. So maybe it wasn't the greatest idea to settle here after I moved from Europe, but, um, you know, my wife has a really good job. Sure. And, so uh, you're, you're basically your wife's bitch. At this point, because she's just she's the breadwinner, and you're just if she tells you to like, hey, I want you to clean the house today, you're just like, all right, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, no, but I mean, I I'm busy temping and stuff, and I actually do bring in, you know, I mean, I bring in like sure, money. sure, but, sure. Uh, generally, yeah, I get stuff done. Like I, uh, you're not just laying on the on the floor staring at the ceiling. I do do that a lot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what am I doing? Uh, yeah, that's. Nah, I mean, it's just like when you're not getting paid, it's very hard to get motivated. You know, like they talk about how like people need structure in their lives, and if you don't have structure, it's kind of hard sometimes to get shit going. But I, I get a lot done. Have you thought? Have you have you thought about like you know like changing careers yeah. or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, I'm gonna do some professional training in January, so basically I can get a better type of temp job. <laughs> and if you know if right. it basically gives me you know co- uh leverage if i have more training then i don't necessarily have to do what you know i would have, the people who i work for know whatever i do is going to be good right but that doesn't mean for what they're paying me i really necessarily want to do it right. <laughs> so right. if i had a little bit more professional training i could say listen i love you guys but uh because I would never complain. I never would go to a person that I work for or work with and say, you're not paying me enough. Right, right. They already pull, you know, people pull strings here and there for because they like the work that I do. But I, I'm not, you know, but I mean, honestly, uh, the you know, I mean, I don't think I, it's not really a time or place for me to say, well, no, you got right. to pay me this. What I need to do is say, okay, well, I'm busy doing this for more money or this job's easier and I'm going to do this. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to approach 2011, I guess, which is fine. I mean, the people who I work with know that I'm an adult and they'll respect that. But, uh, but also, you know, I mean, one time, remember, we were doing, when I was doing 8-Bit Memories, I wanted to kind of piggyback on your site. And you said, you set me up with PHP. And you're right. like, oh, an idiot, can, you know, eighth graders can do this. I looked at this. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I have no time for this. So, so I basically, in November, um, when, I had some, I, when I had a lull, because I had a lot of work to do right. uh, between, like, March and, uh, you know, like, October, like, right before Halloween. I was very, very busy. Okay. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to... With basically no help from anybody, I just went on Google and I figured out the two CMSs. What it co- yeah, are uh, Joomla and WordPress. There you go. And I figured out how to do Joomla, and then just went on Craigslist, and there's all sorts of jobs for people who can. Yeah, basically, they thanks. want someone who says right. they can. Oh, we need someone for for uh, 
for $30, who knows, fucking PHP and XML, you know, and you're like, bullshit, you know, fuck you. <laughs> like, 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 if you had that guy, you you know what, fuck you, you know, yep. I can, I'll set up your domain and I'll, I haven't done any of this, but it's nice to know it's out there. Right, so right. Just sit down for like a couple weeks and, you know, when I actually got the database loaded into my, ho- like, free hosting, I couldn't believe, like, it was... It, it it was like the uh, destruction of the first Death Star. I can't <laughs> but after that, it was pretty smooth sailing. And then you start, you know, it was like, you know, I mean, it's just like, am I going to, I could do this freelance on Craigslist. I'd probably make more money than, than work at the Walmart across the street. But it hasn't come to that. But it is kind of nice to know that that's, a, that's kind of a thing that I could do on the side that will... Right. I'll keep getting better at you know, right. and I'm already because I'm already kind of I, I'm a pretty good artist, so you know what I make is attractive, and what I make is I have a pretty good eye for for what works. Right, and, right. You know, it looks okay. You know, it's not it's the type of thing you you know it's your idiot cousin down the street who can do it better than you can. It's not exactly <laughs> like you know it's not a what do you call it? A, no, you have a you know you got a really advantage. Drawn in price or something, right? Because you because you, you are an artist. Like I I can do all the technical stuff on the back end. You know I can do really you know great stuff with data. But if you try and give me like the paintbrush to make any of that look right, oh no. Well, you that know? was the other thing. I went ahead and for Christmas basically I got Photoshop. Okay. And I, I, I've been working with a legitimate copy of Photoshop from 1997, <laughs> since 1997, <laughs> and I got a new, I got, I got the latest version at, at a, you know, I, I, like you said, I, you know, I, I legitimately got a teacher-student price. Right. And then I actually do do work for, for, you know, accredited uh, institutions, and so, mm-hmm. um, da 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 I basically taught myself that, but I was really actually fascinated how little it had been developed since 1997 (laughs) (laughs) at first i was totally freaked out like what the fuck is this you know like and then and then within like a couple hours i'm like oh shit like it basically does everything (laughs) photoshop five or seven you know it's basically the same thing right i mean you could i'm sure there's like 3d in there but i mean it's not going to be like anything that Right, you know, you should be using whatever lightweight or you know, three D S Max, Studio Max, yeah. yeah, whatever. But then the other thing is, is the only thing Illustrator is good for is uh, ray tracing, and then there's a, a, a program called um, I use it a lot. I don't know why I'm blanking. Inkscape, and it will ray trace real well. Oh, really? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, whoever. I mean, I'm sure there's some you know of your listeners are like kicking the speaker. Like, oh, what the fuck is he? You know, because I've never actually used Illustrator, but. For what I need, it works great. It, you, you know, like you said, I'm an artist, so right. if I trace something on a light table, it's going to come out clean, and it's going to have finesse and pizzazz. And so when I scan it in and bring it into Photoshop, it's going to look good. It's going to look crisp and clean. I don't spend – I'm not the type of guy who's going to go in there and move each fucking node of a vector for hours. What I'm right. going to do is I'm going to take – I'm going to print it, something out. I'm going to trace it. I'm going to scan it in. I'm going to ray trace it. I'm going to bring it over Photoshop, and that takes about – I know for people who are an artist, that takes hours and hours. For me, it takes about twenty minutes, and it's always going to look nice. Yeah, we have so. uh, we have an enormous amount of artists that listen to my show. I have no idea why, because I'm not one. I think it's just maybe the oh, Apple I connection. Mean, you're, you're a performance artist. You're yeah, a artist. You're, <laughs> yeah. You know, you're on the forefront of um, what, <laughs> what do you call it? Radio, amateur internet. radio. You're, <laughs> yeah, you're success in amateur radio. Yeah. Is a, branch of art. That's it. Get, get get excited. But everything else is all right. You didn't lose a limb or anything. No, no, I mean, I'm still a little wonky, like, disabled-wise, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I 
Igoscu method. That's what people need to do. Your back hurts, your knee hurts, your ankle hurts. Go go get the book Pain Free by Peter Igoscu. He was a Vietnam wounded Vietnam and developed his own physical therapy. And wow. there's it's not cheap, but you go to a clinic and they'll they'll give you the stretches and then you will get better. I've I've been telling everybody that. I probably tell more people right now that I've, I I buy the book all the time for people. Really? Um, you know, I was disabled for years and years and years. I still am uh, kind of disabled, but uh, um, I, you know, uh, it works. I my back hurts, my knee hurts, whatever. Um, do you, do you talk about do you, do you talk about that? What was it? Lyme disease? Am I allowed to say I had that? Lyme disease? Yeah, but it was it's mostly arthritic. You know, I don't know how much of it is cognitive. You know, crazy people don't know they're crazy. You know, did you um did what did you get that from? Did you get a tick? Yeah, I used to like go to summer camp in Rhode Island. Okay, and I got bit by a tick, and wow. I think I was out of it pretty much the entire time I was in college to my early twenties. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like out of it, you know. I mean, I was just like not into it. People would say like, "What are you doing?" You know, I'd be walk. I remember one time I was walk like this is when I was like seventeen. And I would walk home from school every day. It'd be a couple miles, and I'd have to go through downtown. The school was at one end of like the suburbs. Then you walk through downtown, and I'd be at the other end of the suburbs, and it'd be like a forty-five minute walk. I remember, like, um, I remember I was like seventeen, and, I, and some kids, you know, people are younger than me. They didn't realize I never went out. They didn't put it together. They didn't realize like I was a total shut-in. So I was like talking to, oh man, it's Friday night. Are you going out? You know, you can't wait. I'm like, nah, man. I just want to lay down. And it was true. I always wanted to lay down. I go, I get in my car, or not my car, my mother's car, and I, I, you know, in the front seat, I crank the seat back, like to like recline, and she'd like flip. Why are you always tired? Why do you have to recline? And I think I was just like gravely, gravely ill. I was like 16 until like 26. And, and you just thought that you were just like. Sleepy the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's like that joke in Wayne's World. I thought I had mono once, but turned out I was really bored. <laughs> so that was a long time. You didn't have any other symptoms, though. It was just fatigue, huh? You didn't like it. No, I get dizzy. I get dizzy, and like you know, I think there was some co- cognitive uh, degradation there wow. because you know I went from being like a student who basically. Like studied and studied, you know. All my friends and my my wife says this. She says I never studied in high school. I always got good grades, and I was like a guy who always studied and studied and studied, so I could get A minuses and B pluses. And the reason I got into a good college was because my art was so good. Right. You know, I submitted my portfolio. In fact, um, you know, I would say probably my GPA and SAT scores were one of the lowest of that they you know that they would probably accept. And okay. they probably wouldn't accept those SATs or GPAs anymore, but you know, with the GPAs and SAT, you know, it's all feel good and they give them out like candy nowadays, I think. <laughs> you know, whatever. But um, you know, I went from like this really great student and like full of drive and then like when I got to college, like I'd fail classes and I'd get on academic probation and I was always like really out of it and just like I don't know. Like always depressed and wow. dizzy and farting. <laughs> you know, I'd have like gas so bad I'd have to like lie down on like the sidewalk. You know, it was just like, <laughs> I don't know if the gas had anything to do with Lyme disease. I don't know. I just wow. everything just kind of like eh, just got really. I don't know. I was probably just really. Dep- I don't. Who knows? So what'd you do? Do you go to the doctor? And the doctor was just like, yeah, because uh, I moved to Brazil. Oh. Like I had the thing was my first job out of school. I mean, this shows you how much like you know like my career sucks. My first job out of school was with Nickelodeon. I worked on a um, you know an animation pro- project. 
with working with some pretty famous people, some pretty high-end stuff. Okay. And then I actually had connections through school to get a job on South Park. I'm sure I posted this on your forum before. Yeah, I think at one point, yeah. Yeah, whatever. And I even interviewed at South Park. And I'm sure I could have got the job. Wow. And I was, but what happened was when I was at Nickelodeon, my arthritis in my neck got so bad from just doing Photoshop all day. And then the doctors put me on, they didn't know I had Lyme disease, so they put me on lewds. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I don't know. I just, like, I, well, I know you were really out of it then. I limp into work. I was on lewds. I was, like, doing a horrible job at work. And when the job ended, you know, because the cartoon, it was a TV movie, so it closed up shop. And my next job, basically, with my connections and my experience, I interviewed at South Park. That's more than a million people off the bus to probably get. And then a guy who's actually a big shot on South Park, he was a big shot on South Park, um, uh, he, he saw me at a party like six months later. He's like, I can't believe we didn't hire you. We hired so many idiots. And I was <laughs> like, no, no, you know, I'm disabled. Like, I had, you know, I'm collecting a check. I'm like out of it. Then when the checks dried up, I moved to Korea. And kind of just took it from there. But then when I moved to Brazil, that's when the Lyme disease got really bad. That's when I had trouble walking. Oh, wow. And I was just, like, really sick. And so I went back to San Francisco, and um, it didn't take long. I mean, if you're really sick, I mean, people think if you're sick, you need to go to the doctor a lot. Right. And that's kind of bullshit. You can go to the doctor a couple times, you know. Like, I was on welfare, so I go to the doctor at welfare, and he'd, you know, take my blood pressure and, right. you know, like, you know, whatever, check my platelet levels or whatever the fuck. But, I mean, basically what you need to go is go to the public library and start um, researching what your problem is, and that's kind of what I did. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, basically. And so I figured out that, I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I remember my neighbor – I had it down to like I might have MS or Lyme disease or something. So I got my neighbor on the phone who's like a hotshot doctor for the military. <laughs> I started asking him all these questions about MS. And he totally freaked out. He's like, this is, you know, we don't have confidentiality. I'm your neighbor. This is fucked up. I'm not answering. <laughs> <laughs> he later ended up apologizing. But I mean, you know, I mean, he's a doctor. He has an oath. He can't like diagnose people. Right. Over the phone over and everything. Phone. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, um, but no, I did. Basically, I found a good doctor, and he 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 diagnosed me with Lyme disease, and then he put me on antibiotics and told me to stop eating uh, like big saltwater fish with mercury. In it. I know this sounds hacky, but you know, I got better. You know, I felt better. Right, First, right. I got really dizzy under the antibiotics, and that was what was supposed to happen. Hmm. And then, uh, but especially going to that clinic, this the the physical therapy clinic. I because physical as bad as doctors are, you know, there's a lot of hacky doctors out there, and they do a pretty good job of if you you know if you have the flu, they'll you know, or if you break your arm, there's a lot of good doctors out there who can help you. Right. But basically, if you have like some mysterious illness, you could just go to the doctor all day, and nothing's gonna happen. You kind of have to like. You kind of have to figure out what the problem is, and you have to go on a diet, and you have to start exercising, you have to figure it out, and that's basically what I did. Mm -hmm. And you know, the physical therapy though is the worst because physical therapy is just like a fucking—it's a hack job. They'll just—they'll <laughs> take a muscle that's injured, and they'll say to you, "Oh, you know, you're like, let's say your tricep, you pull that." Okay. Like, then I, who knows physiology? I didn't take physiology. I took physics. <laughs> okay, but right. They'll say like, "Well, your your tricep is all fucked up, so you need to like increase your bicep." And that will, like, hold up your tricep. And you're like, huh, what? And they'll just like, all right, we're going to max out your fucking triceps. And they'll, like, give you a rubber band. And you're like, they'll start making you move around your fucking arm. And you're like, no, no, this is the arm that hurts. And they're like, yeah, we got to build strength. And you're like, 
I don't know, dude. I feel pretty strong. You know, I don't think that's it. And that's kind of you know, it's just a bunch of bullshit. You, everybody out there, I'm not a doctor. You can't sue me for malpractice or something. But you got to check if you're if you ever like got freaked out that you'd be out of work because your leg goes out or your fucking neck hurts your wrist or something. Don't get any surgery. Go check out these guys at Gascu. And and I mean I'm sorry I mean I don't mean to be on here saying like Pepsi is better than Coke. No, it doesn't matter. People on here understand. People yeah, people yeah. know the deal. They're really really good. They you know they saved my life. I mean the doctor was great too, but it was really expensive to see that doctor, and it was really expensive to see the physical therapist. But at a certain point, I was like I stopped going to see the doctor who diagnosed me and gave me antibiotics because I thought I w- it was expensive and I didn't want to take any more antibiotics. And I thought I need to do physical therapy. And I've basically doing been do- I've been pretty good about doing that physical therapy. It takes about two hours. I do it every single week. Wow. That's I, yeah, crazy. Every weekend, every Sunday or Saturday, I do it. And now I'm beginning to, and I used to kind of be on this kick like, I need to do cardio and I need to do physical therapy. And I was, I was out for two months. All of December last year and all of January I was out. Wow. I told the people I was working for, I can't work. I was in bed. Uh, I c- could not, like, I could not walk around. Like, I took the taxi to the doctor once. It was, like, it was terribly painful. It was totally fucked up. I went to Avatar. I remember just being totally in pain the entire time. (laughs) But I told my wife, I really want to see this movie, you know, like. And, uh, I mean, that was only... I need to do the physical therapy and not really worry about cardio. I get enough cardio probably for my fucking job walking around. I right. know you work behind a desk, but you yeah, see people. exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you have a job where you're walking around, you're helping people... You're probably walking. You're probably walking twenty miles a week. Easy. You come home. You're exhausted. It's not. You're not. You, I clean. You know, like uh, I clean. You know, I don't want to ever have an administrator tell me your place is filthy. This is a mess. So I'll stay. Right. I don't care how much right. they're clocking me. I clean that fuck. Oh, sorry. I clean that place up. That's all right. Um, you know, like it's. So so I'm getting plenty of exercise. Sure. I think, and I just need to do physical therapy. So sure. anybody who. You know, who has some sort of back or neck problem or leg or knee or some shit? You can email me karate dog podcast. Yeah, I'm horrible. I mean, it was a pretty casual question. Like, how's your health? Yeah, no, no, no it's good. It's good. I mean, you know, no, people... it freaks you out though because you're like the world economy is collapsing. Rattle <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, my neck still kind of hurts. Like, what the fuck, you know? And you're just like, oh. you're right. When you're when you're not really fully employed, you just kind of. Fucking, you're. I get in it. I I come home and I'm like, if I don't go to a fucking restaurant today, and I don't drive the car, right? I'm not spending any money. So if I don't spend any money, <laughs> then it really doesn't matter that I'm not working, you know. And it works, dude. The amount of money I was spending before compared to like the amount of money like totally freaked out about the world economy, the amount of money I spent is ridiculous right. because I was so used to it when I was in college and you know I was so used to not spending money. It's really not that big of a deal until you, you get know? to the point where like you know your pants need you need like new pants. I have the same. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I, you know, if you buy the right pants, you can have the same pants for five years. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we kept on moving. I kept on moving from continent to continent, and I'd throw away perfectly good clothes right and i was right. thinking about that today i'm like hey you know mazel tov i've had the same fucking pants for five years you know <laughs> Woo! You know? as long as they're clean man you know you don't want to yeah. just walk around the big holes no, in them it's and stuff. True. And we've talked about this before but i mean people have to buckle down their you know i'm sure people have finally gotten the hang of it right right you aren't so depressed i was actually reading that crime is way down um you know so people probably aren't as freaked out as maybe we thought that they would be but i think people are beginning to buckle down and realizing uh, they don't have to spend all their money on stupid stuff, you know. Yeah, I, I think, think that that, 
that has happened. I mean, because they say the savings rate has gone up, you know, amongst yeah. Americans. So Americans you know are saving I'm more. Saving, I'm just going to kind of go on it. This whole this this plan by Blockbuster to have their movies come out 30 days before Redbox or right. Netflix and that I'm going to tr- pay six times as much to go rent it <laughs> and I'm going to go to their freaking store and deal with their obnoxious kids working the counter. Right. That has not worked. Right, right. When I see a movie is at Blockbuster and it's going to be on Redbox 30 days later, I'm like, oh boy, it's going to be on Redbox 30 <laughs> yeah, days later. <laughs> it's, it's a stupid time limit. It does, 30 days yeah, is I'm nothing. Like, at first I was like... Fuck, why can't I get the movie on Redbox? <laughs> Dude, those bastard film companies. And now I'm just like, like I go on PSN and I'm like, I look at the movies and I'm like, I can rent this now for $6 or in 30 days I can rent that for like 15% of that. Right. I think I'm going to, because if I really wanted to see the movie, I would have seen it in the theaters. Exactly. And right. they think, I mean, it's just like, I just feel like kicking them. I The spin that, like, the media companies put out on, like, Netflix, like, their quality is horrible. Like, their, <laughs> their content is going to come down to a trickle. And now they're doing this thing with net neutrality where they basically, they developed the content. iTunes distributed all the music, and they couldn't f- get their hand in the cookie jar about that. And so now they're like, oh, well, Netflix, which is basically started by the guy who ran the mom and pop video stores where I grew up. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. I got to double check that. I, I, I heard that when Netflix first started. I never really looked that up. But it's based, I think it's got to be just like a guy because it doesn't seem to really have any connection to any big media corporation. That's true. And so this whole net, net me, this net neutrality thing where they're basically like, well, we missed the boat on music. We missed the boat on like movies. So now we're going to try and like hobble the Internet and we're, we're, we're think that the American people are really going to go for it. And that's like the first, like Al Franken and the Republican Congress are like, we're like, just wait till January FCC. We're going to we're going to you're 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 going, you know, like right. the FCC, they had 15 years to get in on the Internet. The internet's been around for 15, maybe even 20 years, but 15 years really. When TV started, when radio started, the FCC got in on the ground floor. The FCC thinks they're going to start regulating stuff and going to start, like, uh, you know, creating lanes and stuff now. I mean, you really got to kind of laugh. I mean, isn't that what they're trying to do? Aren't they trying to, like, make it so it is open? I'm conf- Dude, the I'm- minute that someone tries to get on a website to go on a torrent site to get some student film or even worse, some sort of scientific data that they're like, uh, what do you call it? Um, distributing and like, uh, what, what would you call it when like people are, uh, you know, networking scientific research like over torrents, they're you know, amalgamating or something, you know. Okay. The minute that some science, you know, some professor or some guy tries to get on a website to torrent some sort of scientific data or some like, a f- philosophical text or something and then their ISP is blocking it, they're going to have the FCC and civil court so freaking fast and Al Franken and the Republican Congress are going to just slaughter the FCC. It's going to be a bloodbath. You saw you saw on Facebook, I posted about that uh, <laughs> that Xbox ha- hacking trial, right? You saw how, how well yeah. organized Microsoft right, was right. on that. Yeah. So And that's basically dead in the water. That's not a mistrial or like they're going to appeal it. They totally totally screwed up their case and that's dead in the water people can hack and jailbreak anything they want no matter what because the the laws against are totally unconstitutional it kind of made me think all the people dealing drugs that get railroaded through the courts you know it's not really constitutional for them i mean they're basically providing a service that you know the the free market doesn't provide and just basically nobody nobody ever worked that out i mean it's just like amazing how smoothly you know i was not that i you know 
I like for business like jailbreak anything. But I was like kind of freaked out to see that that someone had been arrested. Yeah. And, getting, and then and then for like Microsoft to basically hire goons to do their right <laughs> to do their PI stuff. Yeah, I had heard I had heard that Comcast was raising their prices for on level three for level three to deliver Netflix streaming to anybody. No, that's that, a bunch of bullshit. That's not true. Dude, it's just every the minute Time Warner I think was gonna do a uh, a tiered system in Greensboro, North Carolina, and in like Yonkers, New York, or some some place in New York, the, pe- the people in Greensboro did nothing. The people in Yonkers went so freaking crazy writing the mayor and the Congress people and stuff that Time Warner basically, you know, tail between their legs like, oh no, we're not gonna tier any, you know, and t- that's just in terms of like a like a bandwidth cap, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think though that yeah, because uh, I mean, I I agree. It, it that's where I think the FCC got involved with this though is regarding this Comcast and Level Three because it says here Level Comcast demanded that Level Three pay it to handle the extra traffic from Netflix. Oh, I didn't think about it on that kind of angle. Yeah, but that isn't that doesn't. I don't think that directly relates to the to the uh, the so called net neutrality rules that they're developing in the FCC. I. Th- I get there's not really been a I don't think that what is it level three was the name of the um Net, level three delivers Netflix's stuff I don't think they've sued them in civil court yet they've just they've just like done a press statement saying this is bullshit but I think they went along with it I think they paid um yeah I don't know I mean it's obviously not none of it's fleshed out yet so I mean you know I, I don't think it got anywhere but yeah I, I I agree with you I just don't know I mean it it's complicated I agree with you that the the public will uh you know, determine the, you know, if Comcast doesn't offer it, everybody is, goes somewhere else. You know, the minute that they start really tiering service and it interrupts your service, someone could charge 100 bucks a month for the service we're getting now, and I think my wife and I would go for it. But they're not. They're just going to charge, like, whatever that we're getting charged now plus 50 cents. Or they're going to sell it at a loss and sell it for less. Some, you know, Mike's ISP is going to come in and say, you know, uncamp bandwidth, and people are going to jump ship on Time Warner. And basically, you know, I don't think Time Warner or Comcast, they're not in a situation like GE or, um, uh, what's the other one? Not GE, um, uh, General Motors or something like that where they're about to go bankrupt. They're just greedy and don't want to end up like General Motors. So instead of improving their goods and services, they're trying to, you know, federally regulate it so that they can do whatever the hell they want and exploit their customers. But I don't think it's going to work because if they ever really did tier their stuff, like, you know, just some mom and pop ISP will come up and basically steal all their business. I know I would jump ship if they started doing a bandwidth cap of like 20 gigs for like 50 bucks a month and then started charging like a dollar a gig after that. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I, think, I don't. I, I mean, the, 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 the smoke from the tires would be, you know, I mean, it'd be ridiculous. I would, I would, because they can go fuck themselves. I hate them. And they're, they got oodles of cash. They're just being greedy. Yeah. If they wanted, if they really wanted more oodles of cash, they should have figured out a way to to distribute the content that they developed. Yep. I don't have any sympathy for them, and if they want to screw around and waste our taxpayer money doing some stuff with the FCC, they can go fuck themselves, and they're going to get burned hard. I hope they lose, and I know they will. <laughs> Erica. All right, all right, we're going off. So um, let's get to the main focus right, of ahead. this conversation. Anyway, is. Uh, um, so everybody who listens to Oblast knows about, I don't know, a year ago or something, it seems like now, I did a, a piece on Nazi sympathizers. And I did a wide-sweeping generalization of of the whole thing. And 
pretty much said that that's the way it was. And um, KD actually wrote me um, after that broadcast and made some good points. I brought those points up on the podcast that followed that podcast. Um, but then I got some more email recently um, regarding uh, mainly the um, the feeling of Euro- Europeans as well, Germans mainly, but also all of Europe, um, their feelings towards Jews at the time of the, um, well, before Hitler and when Hitler was rising to power, and um, that I basically got it wrong. Well, you know, that's fine. I, not the first thing I've ever gotten wrong. Um, but I figured it'd be a good idea to get KD on because uh, he has an interesting perspective. And it's Christmas. Yes, and it's a fine time to talk about it just before the for the birth of Christ. And uh, <laughs> we decided to um, uh, just do this show and maybe uh, talk about it a little bit. I mean, I don't... I mean, my angle on it is this. The way I understand it, and I don't know how much you know about it, or maybe every time you go to, you know, Temple or whatever you do, dude, um, they, they bring it up all the time. But as far as I understand it, what happened was is that in Russia during Alexander's reign... Um, there was a lot of um, uh, Jewish persecution that happened. And so when the Communist Party formed in Russia, um, a lot of Jewish people joined into the Communist Party. And therefore, Jews were equated to the, the Eastern Jews were equated with communism. And uh, Hitler, you know, and, the, and his group of um, like the Thule Society and Alfred Rosenberg and everything, had come together and um, were fighting the communists for control over Germany, really in the beginning stages, because everybody knew that Bismarck was weak and all that. And uh, so, the, so the, the Nazis hated the, the, hated the, the communists, and, uh, in, and therefore, um, uh, you know, there was this hatred of, that went with it with the Jews. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not sure though, you know, obviously I wasn't there, I don't know sure of the whole feelings uh, on everybody that they had at the time and, and what they thought was, um, uh, you know, all of Europe, but I did know that there was quotas on, uh, just about every country uh, had a had a immigration quota on the number of Jews that could immigrate uh, from the East into their countries, and uh, I don't, I don't know, Katie, if you have any uh, perspective on, um, on this and why there was a, you know, why so much anti-Semitism? Why, why so much anti... I, I don't know. No. I don't know. I mean, you know, World War II was a long time ago. Right. Um, you know, doesn't Kerr Vonnegut have, like, an expression for if you're a person and you think you belong to some sort of group that's identified by, like, what religion you have? Or I got to look that up. You, you know what I'm talking about? You ever heard about that? No. Mm-mm. Eh, anyways, I mean, I don't know. You know, you spoke your mind. You have your own show. Right. Some guys wrote in that were offended. I was offended, but you know, I like you. <laughs> you know, what can I tell you? I mean, you know, I think, I think, I think. You know what I worry about? It's like, I think you know, getting into race and and uh, religious belief. I think that's very, you know, modern. I think the postmodern mode is people aren't really worried about that anymore. It's more. You know, I think the classes are set, you know, uh, li- liquidity between classes, how much money you're going to make, what people you know, where you go to school. You know, that's that's much more rigid than it used to be. And I don't think it's based so much on, like, what you look like or who you believe in. It's basically, um, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough millionaires to know what you need to do to be into that <laughs> right now. I do know a few millionaires, and I know that they – it's not so much like are you Jewish or are you black anymore. And I think, you know – I mean, right now there's a lot of um, 
in the last 10, 20 years, there's been a lot of like development in terms of gender equality and, and uh, you know, um, uh, sexual orientation equality. And that seems to be the new mode of, um, you know, of interest. I, don't, right. I, think, I think the Jew, like not liking the Jews is kind of old hat. I think that's more like for, you know, guys, you know, redneck. Well, it, yeah, I mean, I stuff. certainly today, I mean, it, I don't even, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not Jewish, but I don't even understand why anybody would be anti, I mean, maybe the Palestinians or something, but I, I mean, that's a different thing. I mean, I don't yeah. know how anybody can be that way towards um, Jewish people in general, because, I mean, if, if they're all over TV. I mean, every big major star. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think people resent that. I think probably if we really looked at this with a with a with a you know, if we kept it real, I think probably the last ten years, I think people are you know, I think I think Muslims are getting a bad sh- you know, I think right. they're getting a bad rap. I think yeah. that they're you know, I remember. Um, I don't know if it was before nine eleven or after. It was like ten years ago. I remember there was some spokesman for the uh, like you know Islamic you know Image Defense League, and he was on Larry King or on Nightline. He's like, "Look, you know, we're not saying that we want some show about like some Islamic guy who's like Jack Bauer or something. But we'd like, <laughs> you know, we'd like to have moderate, realistic portrayals of you know Islamic people on television where they're not t- always terrorists and they're not always you know bad that's all the guy was saying and i right. think that's i think that's a reasonable request yeah. i think it was right around when um um you know i started thinking about him like yeah you know like uh um what was that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? True Lies, you know, like they're, you know, all the, you know, that's a pretty offensive racist movie. I mean, it's it's not that funny, but at least it's kind of a good movie. Right. But I mean, you know, I, if I was, you know, if I was looking at that, I'd be really offended. If I was, you know, if I was Muslim, I would be like, yeah, something. And, you know, and Bill O'Reilly has actually said that since that movie, everybody's been pussyfoot. And so when there's terrorists, they're always like Russian. You know, I just watched Salt. Right. Which is horrible. Right. And it's like, yeah, you know, XKGB are going to infiltrate the fucking White House into the bunkers so that they can, like, <laughs> you know, fuck you. Right. Like, that's never going to happen. Like, you know, I mean, I guess you could say realistically, okay, there's people in the Muslim world who are trying to kill us. But I think, you know, I mean, I think it's comparable to amount of people that are, like, gung-ho in our military or, for that matter, that are gung-ho, like, you know, American Jews who join the Israeli well, army. Well, you know, my uh, my mom, she's, she's you know, she's from Germany and everything. And, and it's like um, she hated Hogan's Heroes, right? Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's uh, it, it's a bunch of Germans looking like idiots on yeah, that show. And, and she couldn't stand any of those, you know, war movies where the Germans look like idiots, you know, like in to the eagle's nest or anything like that because it's just you know it was very offensive to her and you know uh-huh. but of course you'd be you know you could say well you know you guys started it's just, it's just a tv show yeah you, they're, you're, you know the people were upset about the war and everything mom yeah. you know it's uh it's kind of just a re- knee-jerk reaction but um you know and even today i mean we get uh inglorious bastards it makes the germans all look like idiots uh, it's um I, I I understand her. I, I I think every group or or, or takes some kind of hit. You know, I mean, Irish people get knocked. Uh, it it kind of goes. Yeah, but I think that's happening less and less. Like you know, people don't really care anymore. I think the people who care. What I worry about here's what I worry about. This this is this is, 
you know, I think we plateaued probably right before, probably like, I don't know, you know, like in the Matrix, they say 1999 was like the, the epitome of human society. I think we plateaued right about then. Okay. And like, who knows? Or maybe it was right at the, you know, maybe it was right at the 2004 election. Obviously, things are worse than they were five years ago, but it seems like things were all right for a little bit. Yeah. And people weren't that worried about that. I'm worried, you know, I've worked and lived in third world countries. And so when people don't have the resources to run their businesses or their lives, right. like like that's when things fall back on nepotism. Yeah. And that's when, you know, you know, it's it's bizarre for me to live in a state where there'll be uh campaign commercials. Who knows why they pay campaign commercials during the shows I watch, but you know, it's supposed to be, they're supposed to advertise for shows that are for smart people. I have no idea, you know, but it's always like, you know, you know, Bill Smith wants unions in North Carolina. I'm like, what? Like, we don't need unions. We need jobs. I'm like, if you have a job without a union, your life sucks. Like, you can be fired at a moment's notice. And when everything goes back to that, I was just reading about, a, you know, this horrible Tron movie. <laughs> was made in Vancouver with transient labor who don't have any investment in the work that they're doing. And that's the type of work that gets done. And when work like that starts getting done and there's no union protection, that's when, you know, you got to start worrying about, okay, maybe I lost my job because I was black or I was gay or I was Jewish. And I've seen that happen a little bit and I think it's going to get a little bit out of hand. And basically you have protection from that under the law, but as, you know, goods and services deteriorate and as the economy collapses, you're not going to have the time and they're not going to be organized enough to protect you. So in terms of you know all these great strides that Martin Luther King or like you know um, Gloria Steinem have made you know it's not going to be a malicious rollback of those things it's going to be it's going to be like a really dumb rollback I've always you know, you know and you like awful and it's going to be you know it's going to be people beating each other with the clubs and you know the uh, the the football gear in the deserts with the dune buggies like Mad Max is going to be fucking horrible so now, you know let me ask you all goodbye let, let me ask you a question you. Because I've always kind of thought about this, and I I don't know exactly what you know where I'm going with it or anything, yeah. but I, but I've thought about the fact that um, you know it, it, shouldn't there though be like groups of people that have the uh, ability to sort of live together, like let's say the Mormons, right? They all live out in Utah and. And, uh, oh yeah, if, they do a bang up job. Thanks, Mormon, well, uh, for uh, shutting well, down. What was that? Prop eight or well, right, right. I'm, but I'm keeping well, all keeping all that no kid I know, I, out of California. Thanks, buddy. I'm not sticking up. I like Mormons I, too. But that's not where I'm going. Listen, that's yeah. not where I'm going with it. I'm not yeah. saying let's look at the Mormons as a great example. That's uh, not well, what I'm the Mormons are fine. I don't mean to cut. You know, <laughs> no, I'm it just. Also, it was also a lot of Latino <laughs> voters who cut that down. I'm just. I hate. I hate it when people come in with disposable income into our fucking cities and start spending money. That would be horrible. All right, look. Fuck it. Yeah. How about Muslims? All right, since we're going there. Oh, you can go back to Mormons. All right, it, it doesn't matter. My, my point is, let's just pick pick any group, okay. a, a group that wants to live together, so they can like have stores that cater to them and have. Um, if they want, uh, have you been to Walmart? They already have like a section of their stuff. Well, right, se- <laughs> but see, that's the that that's what I think is the problem. Is there's too much fragmentation. You know, it's like when they have those debates about the front of the city hall. Well, it shouldn't have the manger scene. It should have, we, you know, and then some towns are like, well, we put up the Star of David and the manger scene, you know. And then it's like, you know, really? I yeah, do- but the whitewashing is done, and people are working so much. And so, you know, they're so disjointed and so, and so zoned out on cell phones and Netflix and everything that, 
you know, these like these great debates of our time are just, you know, I mean, we're getting into a point where people are just like robots and they don't care. And, and there's nothing that's going to be done about it. You can get worked up and go on Fox News and start screaming at the camera and you can hold up a sign and you can do whatever you want to do. But the malaise and the and the boredom and the disinterest of the general population is going to win out and everything's going to be whitewashed. Well, but, the, but, you, Walmart, but, but nobody's going to care who you're where you're from or you know well, what your sexual orientation is nobody's going to care cuz you're basically just some sort of cog and some sort well, of but then you get, some guy to get rich it, it goes back to what you were saying though i mean you get into lawsuits you know you get these people that want to get rich and they decide to sue somebody over the fact that there was a they, they took the manger scene out or something you know i mean we we have a lot of this and you know um it, you end up with what worries me, since we're talking about worrying huh. stuff, is like you look at Turkey, and Turkey was, you know, very secular. It's still sort of his, but it's basically become, uh, you know, it's ninety nine percent Muslim now, and uh-huh. uh, they've made it so that the the church, the, the the Catholic church that's there, it's Orthodox, can't even teach seminary because they've made it so that no religious institutions can teach. So yeah, they, they basically they're going to wipe them out. I mean, they're you know they're they're going to well, go away. Think of it this way: like we act like we're so much more progressive than Turkey. There's 26 nations in NATO. Right. I, I don't know. They're out of 26 like major nations in NATO, 22 of them allow have already not not like last week have been allowing like gays in the military for like 10 years. Right. And the like the four that left over are us, and the only one I think that's Western is Turkey. So we're acting like we're so much more high and mighty than Turkey, and we're we're pulling the same shit that they were that they're doing. We're no bad, you know. Like I just there's all sorts of shenanigans well, going on. I worry that mainly with the Muslims only because they're they're um, you know they're following their Quran and their the Hadith and everything has a lot to do with being a political system as well as a religious system. And, uh, you know, it, it sort of uh, it absorbs other... You as know. a guy who's been all over the Albanian world, I can tell you that westernized Muslim societies are not out to get us. There is no white Al-Qaeda. It is all a bunch <laughs> of bullshit. They're friends till the end. We love them. They're great. Oh, I'm, I, I, you know, we're not at war with them. They actually help us. We actually have air bases there that we set up to keep the communists out of Turkey. They love that. I don't know if like Joe, you know, student, you know, revolutionary loves that, but I think as like a tax-paying base of allies, Turkey's okay. And I don't think, you know, I mean, basically, where are, where are wars right now? They're in Afghanistan. They're in Iraq, and and we'd like there to be one in Iran, and those seems to be. You know, in North Africa, I think, although they don't like us, and there's, I guess, um, what was it called? Uh, Yemen pulled some stuff recently, and they got, like, their own, like, Osama bin Laden. I mean, comparatively, when you compare Yemen to, say, uh, Afghanistan, you know, Yemen's pretty cool, you know? So we got a lot of the Islam world is pretty cool, North Africa, Turkey, all of the Albanian region. And then we got three well, hot spots that are probably not going to go away anytime soon. I, I agree that they're cool to us, and they're yeah. they're. But I don't know how cool they would be if you lived there as a citizen and you were uh, of a you know of a different religion. I mean, they're trying you to probably want to move out of Turkey. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, they they're trying to do it in Iraq, I, mean, I guess. But I I, I, I don't you know, know. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, you know, it's not. <laughs> It's not Cleveland. Well, I mean, no, but it's. A, I, I worry that it's a slow uh, adoption because you know you. 
There's nothing I'm saying. I'm not saying that I mean, it's... You're saying, like, in 10,000 years, like, in Dune, where the Catholic Bible and the Quran, like, mix, and then we have, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, who gives a shit? I, I who gives a shit channel? Yeah, I mean, okay. You worry I, about stuff that, you know... I, 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 like, I, the chickens are never going to come home to roost between now and whenever you drop dead. The, and, you know, you don't have kids, and you're along in years, so I don't know what you're worried about. No, I mean... No, no, no. I mean, I'm t- I understand what you're saying. I... I am just concerned. I mean, as, uh, Gaddafi said something in a meeting once at one point that Europe will be mostly Muslim within 50 years. And okay, that's, and that's, that's, that's you know. probably true. And I don't think that there's, that's a, there's a problem with that exactly. But then when you look at Turkey, you, you see that when, they, when Muslims become in power, they start to shut out other religions. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not religious, so I don't care if the Catholics can't teach seminary. But you know, I mean, uh, but I mean, you think about. I'm going to counter. I'm devil's advocate here. I mean, what is it called? Uh, Eurasia has always Eurasia has always been at war with. Um, you know how like Canada, the U.S., and England have always been together, right? England is not going to go for that. When all of Central Europe has like totally collapsed and like everything is run by Gaddafi or whoever he he appoints. You know, England will still have a queen, and um, everything will be totally cool there. You know, it's just like in Children of Men. They say, like, England sallies forth. Like, it'll always work. There'll always be that channel there, and any kind of wackiness that goes on in Central Europe, if it's Hitler or if it's some, like, Muhadim, England will always fund England. Canada will always send troops, and that's the line that it will stop right there. Yep. And And you know what the truth is, is that, I you know this is you could construe this as racist. I'm sure you know if I was Muslim <laughs> listeners, I don't want to hear this. But what happens time and time and again? They even made a movie about this once. You get some cleric who lives in you know Uzbekistan or wherever that you know wherever they go to England, or they go to the U.S. or they go to Canada, and then all of a sudden they don't want to start setting off bombs like all over the place. They right. actually think, hey, you know what? This might be a nice place to live. And so that's basically how it goes. And I don't think that's going to end anytime soon. There are too many wacky people out there with shotguns in the U.S. forever to, to have some sort of ideological uh, civil war where Christians are going to lose. I think that English Channel, in 50 years of Gaddafi's right, Europe might be totally uh, you know, some sort of um, Islamic paradise. But I think that line between England, Canada, the United States, Australia, New Zealand. We're going to work it out where that shit doesn't fly. And that's that's not something that we have to worry about. Who knows? I mean, maybe I need a time machine to 100 years from now. But that seems to be... Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Well, then what do you think about uh, the... Um, since we're on this topic, what do you think about the Israeli-Palestinian uh, um, situation over there? I don't know. I'm not a big fan. You know, like, uh, when I was younger, I always thought, like, you know, maybe I should move to Israel. You know, it's pretty easy for a Jewish person from the United States just to... Just to pack up and go. over to yeah. Israel, you know, get a job. I don't know. Like, in a bean factor here. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> something. You know, a lot of people speak English there. I thought it'd be cool. I could learn how to speak Hebrew. And then, like, you know, that could be a side business doing bar mitzvah lessons. And, you know, I've been there when I was a kid, and it seemed really nice. And then right around, you know, right around 9-11, things just got, right when Barack got, well, who was the prime minister who got assassinated? Oh. Who got assassinated while I was in college. Then Barack got elected, which probably had more to do with 9-11 than anything Bush did was that guy was just a prick and uh, or was it Ehud Barak was the good one or there was one right after him Ehud Barak and then it was Sharon I mean Sharon right Benjamin Sharon's the guy Netanyahu was a different Sharon was a 
he was just an asshat and he fucked it up for everybody. You can blame him. I mean, if there's some sort of world jihadist, it's probably because of Sharon coming in after Barack and just saying, Israel's going to be pricks. We're going to start doing cloak and dagger stuff and we're going to start keeping people from getting jobs and people treat people like shit. And, you know, and when I read that and then war started breaking out, I was just kind of like, you know, I mean, I'm American till the end. Basically. Well, I, I agree with you. I, you know, I used to be in, in the camp where, I mean, because most of, you know, we're friends with Israel more than anything yeah. else. I mean, we do actually give money to the Palestinians, too, but we're friends with Israel. And, uh, you know, we, um, I've always been on, you know, on their side, but I, I get, I see these interviews and where they talk about negotiating, like, you know, stop building settlements. And uh, they, they, there's this thing, you know, where they say, well, this land is ours. It's written here in the you know, in the um, the Torah or whatever it's written in, um, that all of this land is our land, you know, and people are dead serious about that. Like, they're just like, you know, Palestinians aren't going to live here. We're, we're going to take this land and this land is ours. And um, I don't, you know, necessarily think that's right exactly. I mean, it seems like escape from New York in a way, like the West Bank. Well, you can use that as a template. Or the Gaza Strip. I was just saying, you know, 10 minutes ago how, like, England, Canada, the United States, New Zealand, Australia will never go for, you know, uh, some sort of religious ideology taking over the government and setting up sort of wacky rules. Even though we do that a little bit with Christianity here, we pretty much, you know, have checks and balances for that sort of thing. But if you want to see a, a blueprint by how that's going to work, look at how after 9-11 you get, you know, a bus blowing up every week in, in Tel Aviv or in, especially in Jerusalem. And within a couple of years, they build a giant wall and kicked everybody out. Right. And you can just you can bet your bottom dollar you know as much as you say oh we owe china money or our economy sucks we still have the number one economy right we still have the best military yes and when and we we right now we're exporting that stuff and the minute that it gets hairy over here you know rent the siege we're going to take you can guarantee that someone's going to get waterboarded and, you know, the, 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 the uh, what do you call it, Jack Bauer's going to move in. Bill Clinton said he knows, like, he had, like, three Jack Bowers who we would have take care of everything. He said that. He said Jack Bauer is super realistic. I had a, I had a couple Jack Bowers working for me. You can look that up. He did say that. Okay. He said it was a realistic show. And we're always going to be, we're always going to outspend and outthink these guys who basically, when you see, have you rented, um or not, sorry, have you streamed, um what was it called, Restopo? I, I it's MIQ. No, you I gotta see Restropo because what Restropo is is you basically have you have you you have these army guys, regular army. When you look at them, you can goof on regular. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't want my get my ass kicked, but you can goof <laughs> on regular army compared you know compared to Marines, yada yada yada, right. compared to Rangers, whatever. Okay, our regular army guys. You see these guys on the movie, you feel like giving them a hug. They're they might not be you know a students. They might not be chess club material, but they're in shape. Right. They're prepared. They have. They might not be 100% funded, but they're enough funded that when you compare it to these basically idiots running around the woods and they're getting their fucking wigs split. I mean, basically, you take these wars in Afghan and Iraq and you talk about all these students coming in from Lebanon or you know Saudi Arabia. These are guys whose training is – how can they be trained in a military when they don't have money to pave the streets or take out the garbage? And their training is basically playing Call of Duty and maybe you know right. running through the woods for a couple months. And then somebody hands them an AK-47 and says, OK, go, go after the U.S. Army. The U.S. Army's job in Afghanistan and Iraq is basically going out in a freaking helicopter, zapping these guys from orbit, 
and then sending in ground troops and cleaning them out and, and, and basically getting their asses handed to them. I'm sure the ratio, I think it was like 60 to 1, but now maybe it's more like 8 to 1. But they're always, they're never going to have as much, much money as us. Well, they're but, always going to be on the losing but side. Look at v- I don't see that running out in the next 100 or 200 years, despite but, what strategic uh, attack they might do to like disrupt our infrastructure. I think we're, we're very, um, well, what do you call it? All you gotta, uh, I mean, apparently all you got to be is patient, though. I mean, if you look at Vietnam, I mean, Vietnam, that, that was the same argument we used there. That was offensive, though. That was defensive. They wanted us out of Vietnam. What well, did we do? We got out of Vietnam. Well, How's the U.S. doing since then? Pretty great, actually. Well, right we're after st- Vietnam things after Carter things really picked up. Well, we're still on the defensive in Afghanistan. I mean, we've sent planes over there, but we we won't go into Pakistan. I mean, we know they're all in Pakistan. Yeah, but they- we're also pulling out of Afghanistan. We pulled out of Iraq. We're going to pull out of Afghanistan. I mean, it's just a matter of time. There's no interest in it. It costs money, and we don't really need to be there because we're not really doing anything. I, yeah, but I don't know if that's necessary. I mean, uh, of course, you know, we can open up an intel plant there once, just like we do in Vietnam, and start sending guys over there afterwards. But then it's like, what is everybody over there fighting for? I don't even understand. What's the point? We're trying to stabilize the region, a region that's never been stabilized, to disrupt terror cells so that they can't do what exactly? Attack us here? Why would someone in Afghanistan be plotting to do a strategic attack on the United States? Wouldn't they be, say, doing that out of, like, New Jersey? And every time they do it in New Jersey, they get caught and go to jail over and over and over again. There, It's just like... It's just a big, stupid proxy war. It's a big freaking mess, and we're slowly but surely moving out of this thing, it looks like. And I'm not going to say things are going to be fine. We're never going to have another terrorist attack. But the idea that we're going to lose or it's going to be bad, I, I, eh, you know, yeah. whatever. How, how, how much worse could it be than 9-11? I mean, really. What are I, they going to blow up? The Golden Gate Bridge? I, I, know, think, I, mean? um, I, I think they talk about poisoning buffets. That's the last thing I heard. But um, I think we're gonna, but personally, I think we're going to be in there a lot longer than that. I mean, I think they've talked 2014. I think it's going to be longer than that. I oh, mean, okay, it, we've been in South Korea since when? You know, we've been in Japan since when? We've been in West Germany since when? We've right. been in Turkey since when? Right. Are we actually doing any, like, shooting in any of those places? You know? I mean, I think we have such a gigantic military in general that we just need to fight something somehow. Well, I mean, time. Ron Paul would say that's why everybody's broke, and I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm apt to agree with him. I agree. I agree with that, but I also think that it's just something that I don't... I, I don't know. I think president no president wants to be the president. Even Barack Obama, as much as he wants to pull people out of there, doesn't want to be the president that pulls people out of there. I mean, maybe he'll do it in 2014. I don't know. I mean, Iraq is one thing, but... You know, Iraq stabilized. I don't think Afghanistan has, like you're saying, I don't think it can stabilize. But we could talk, you know, that's a whole I don't think it will stabilize either. I don't think Iraq is stabilized. I mean, if you were living in Iraq, wouldn't you be kind of freaked out that something's going to blow up? I mean, it wasn't, I mean, I know it's way down from where it was. But when you're basically going out to get groceries or going to get a cup of coffee with your friends and you could end up with your left arm over, you know, on the other side of the gas station, I mean, that's that's effed up. I mean, nobody wants to, you know, that's not stabilized. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just a dumb, I, I, I'm getting, I don't know. No, I mean, I, un- I, really, and I, I understand what you're saying. Started a tangent without really a point. I mean, I mean, I was, when I was living in Brazil, which is a pretty socialist left lead, Rio de Janeiro, and I'm, my friends are all like British people and like, you know, and we're invading uh, Iraq and everybody's coming up to me like, this, this looks bad. This is a dumb idea. And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, 
you know, uh, we, you know, we got to be decisive and preemptive. And then like, you look like an idiot. And then two years later, you're like, and everybody who seems as smart as you is saying, no, 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 this is a horrible idea. And you're like, no, we got to support, you know, I, I, I was no George Bush fan, but I'm like, you know what? We have troops out there. We got to support this stupid thing. And then, and then it turns out to be a total, I mean, what did you think? Be honest. What did you think when we went in there? Was that a good idea? Iraq? When it first started? Iraq or Afghanistan? Iraq. No, I mean, listen, when we were doing it, I, you know, and people were saying maybe we should, you know, uh, like the, the, jets. The, no, the UN and stuff was like, you know, not convinced, right? And I was, yeah. I wasn't convinced. And I didn't know what the big hurry was because it seemed like all of a sudden after all this time we had spent with Saddam Hussein that now all of a sudden there was this big hurry to go in there was never made. It had something to do, I saw this on a documentary one, it had something to do with George Bush having like one more day that he could. Right, the he, war, he had sick. war powers. He, he, he had war, we, like, and it ran out like at noon the next day. Right, something. so I mean that's why he went, but it was preposterous. I mean, yeah, no, I didn't think it was, uh, is the world better than Saddam Hussein and his crazy kids are out of power? Probably, but could we have maybe struck them more surgically some other way? Probably we could have, you know. Well, I, we were already sanctioning the hell out of them. I yeah, mean, uh, they obviously didn't have weapons of mass destruction, you know, and I don't know. I mean, that's one of those things where, uh, you know, 500 years from now, we'll probably find out if it was the right decision or not, and I'll be dead. I don't, I don't know anymore. I mean, I... Well, I mean, seeing as the economy is in crumbles, we have no money. We spend most of our, you know, not most of our tax money. We play a ridiculous proportion of our tax money on interest on loans. Was it really smart to go spend like a billion dollars a day? It, you know, invading some country. In retrospect, probably not. No, like, I mean, you don't have to wait five hundred years to see it was probably not the smoothest. No, and it's probably. Some, I mean, it, you realize there's a correlation between the country nobody having money and us just having spent a lot of money on, kind of a well, dumb it, war. It, it mostly had to do with the housing market. I mean, they they, <laughs> they fucked that up. I mean, that's why the country's the way it is. It's because of yeah, the housing thing. Too shame. But the um, but no, but it did strengthen Iran's hand. As a power in the, you know, because Iraq used to be the checks and balances to Iran. I mean, when you wanted, to, you had a crazy Iranian leader. Well, there was also a crazy Iraqi leader, so the two went against each yeah, other. Yeah, but we've had a crazy North Korean leader for like sixty years, and you know. But they've been mostly quiet. I mean, they were mostly just, you know, I mean, they weren't shelling islands like they're doing now. I mean, they were just like, you know. All of a sudden, no, 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 I wasn't being contradictory. I'm saying, yeah, and the most they come up with is, you know, yeah. they shell islands. All during the 70s, which people don't talk about, there was like crazy shit right. going on in North South Korea. They would go in every night and kidnap and stab people. Yes, the right. The, but, and I mean, and blew up a plane and oh, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But actual war that, like, you know, was. With the. With the power cable and knocked, <laughs> okay. knocked out the uh, Ethernet cable. Uh, that's fine. I was like, what the hell happened? Is, 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 people don't want to hear about drop it. it. Ask me some more Jewish stuff. Go ahead. It's no, no, listen. I, I, I want you here to be per, a perspective. My, my, I'm not trying to be offensive when I talk about these things. But all I'm trying to do is offer up a different perspective on things when I talk about what the Nazis do. We all know I, that the thing was horrible. I, what I'm trying to do is explain... And I'm not even sure, and I, I want to make that very, you know, specific, but it's not like people were born into a society where they were suddenly like, you know, I hate the Jews, let's all kill them, you know? I mean, yeah. their Jews were living in Germany, walking around and everything, and, and, and most of the killings went on in Poland. They did eventually happen in Germany, and I... 
I don't know what the answer is as to why there was this sweeping hatred of them in Europe. And I, I, I just tried to give an example to that to that fact. And, you know, I don't think it was... I think it just is modernism, you know? I think when people take on a new mode of, of live. I mean, World War War World War One was a mess, and that was modern, but it was pretty early modern. And right. then there was the ability to kill a mass and the ability to propagate this this ideology and so people went for it i mean rent a james cameron movie that's what they're about that when things when you use technology and it's new and things get out of hand they can get really out of hand and that's just what happened i mean as a german of a, as an american of german descent you don't have to beat yourself up over it and you don't have to apologize for being german just try and be <laughs> positive about it and don't worry about it. when i'm jewish and i see what's going on in the west bank i don't say Oh, I don't, you know, I don't look in the mirror and get all reflective and say, what does this mean for the Jewish condition? Like, how will we be perceived and what can I do to heal the wounds of the world? I just kind of say, look, this is out of my hands, you know, right. think no, I, locally. Think I don't think, locally. dude, I don't think like, you know, any of that stuff. I mean, I don't sit around and have any kind of weird guilt. I mean, I, um, I, I'm half Scottish anyway. But I think, anyway. I think that's why the movie, um... You know, I never thought that Quentin Tarantino would make another good movie, basically. He kind of peaked 20 years ago, and he's basically been shot on crap. But I think because he took an interest... First of all, he made a movie like the first two movies I made. I think Inglorious Bastards was more like the first two movies I made than any of his other crap. But really what he did was he took the German... You know, the European German and the American German perspective on the war and right. played with it a little bit and had fun because it's something, you know, there's a lot of German Americans and there's a lot of Germans. There's a right. hundred million of them. And they, they you know, while they're, uh, I think they're doing pretty good in terms of finance and being culturally <laughs> significant, they have this this haunting specter. And since they're not Catholic, they're not necessarily guilty about it. So if they're not guilty about it, then then what are they about it? And so, you know, I think there's a lot of reflection about that. And I think Quentin Tarantino, who's a genius, basically said, what if I made a funny movie about this where all the problems with, with the German, you know, the, the postmodern German condition were addressed and we just basically shot Hitler in the face and that's how the movie ended. <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of cool and that's what art is. I think, you know, um, I think that's pretty cool. And I, I think that the youth of German, you know, that's something that they could get behind and maybe start treating this not as modern history but as history and just say, look, you know, I don't think Germany really is a very egalitarian place. I think it's pretty conservative. I think it's, you know, I think it's pretty class-based. And I'm not saying that they're to science and art what they were 50 or 100 years ago, but it's a progressive place. They're part of the world scene. And you know what? If you don't want to do business with the Germans, you're pretty fucked because you have to because they're part of the loop. And you <laughs> need to start treating them like, you know, I mean, think about the – I think I mentioned this on Oblast before. But think of the difference between me. I'm a Jewish youth. Right. Think of my perspective to the Germans when I, in the 80s compared to now in 2010. Right. I mean in, in the 80s, man. Germany, da 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 da. And you go to the airport, and there'd be the old men with the tattoos on their arms, and it was just like the, you know, oh, it was just a, and you know, still East, uh, West Germany was still, sorry, East Germany was still communist, and yeah, right. 
What was it? What was what was that one? Do you ever see that movie where they where the kids are going to West Germany and they accidentally cross over the Berlin Wall? Oh yeah. And they get taken to prison and the prison is like a a program where they play chess with human figures. Yeah. And- <laughs> Like I do remember that. What was that movie? That was so bad. I mean, come on. And now this is I mean, <laughs> the same place where that movie took place with like 25 years ago is now like where the Starbucks in East Berlin is. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, life moves on. And I mean, I mean, compared to how I thought of Germans when I was a kid and now, I mean, like, I mean, you know, now it's more like Dieter on the old Saturday Night Live skits, you know, like. They're not, you know, we're nihilists. We believe in nothing, you know, jokes like that. I mean, the idea that there's still like this, this specter of, uh, what was that movie with Donald Sutherland? The uh, boys from Brazil, you know, right. it's like they saved Hitler's brain and all this stuff. I mean, you kind of have to not worry about that. And and the more that you address like, you know, what was the situation with Drew, Jews? Like, how did Hitler develop and stuff? I mean, you're always gonna, you're always gonna, you're gonna crack a few eggs when you talk about that. So, I mean, really, I mean, unless you're, uh, uh, not saying that like, you know, our citizenry shouldn't be involved, we shouldn't have a debate about this. But this, you know, just like on South Park, like, like when when the crippled kids join the Crips, you know, this is something you don't want to, you don't want to touch because you're gonna end up, you know, it's gonna look, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna say or do something on the radio that and you're going to get you're going to get letters so i just really want to worry about it i mean do you feel you're an american first of all right so don't you kind of feel divorced from the third reich i, I mean i listen i i worked with a guy that was from russia and uh, his family fought in the world war 2 or the great patriotic war as they called it and uh, he would ask me these questions all the time if i felt guilty about being a german and stuff like that and yeah, but uh, isn't that something that a <laughs> russian guy from work would ask you i, I mean, mean that, it's like the pulse of america <laughs> It's, I know it's it's bizarre, but that's just the conversation that we had. And uh, and he was Jewish too, you know. He was a, he was a Jewish, and he, he, well, he's a little older than me, right? How old is this guy? Uh, he was well, he wasn't in the war, but he was in Afghanistan. Well, he wasn't in Afghanistan. He explained that they wouldn't let oh, the, the, he wouldn't let they wouldn't let the Jewish guys go to, into Afghanistan because uh-huh. they were afraid they would I don't know leave or something. So he filled up air, uh, helicopters, like he worked at a like okay. at a military gas station refueling helicopters on trains or something but um you know i don't know so he's got to be like 10 years older than me so he's in his 40s late 40s and um but it was interesting and you know he would ask me this kind of stuff all the time and no i don't i dude i don't even it's the furthest i don't even know anything about you know my relatives or anything beyond you know sketch sketch material and stuff but i mean i'm proud of my german heritage but i mean my parents weren't nazis or anything so when you come down here we should go at myrtle beach there's this german restaurant where you get like you know the sausage and the stuff and the ladies (laughs) are wearing it's freaking great we should go down there yeah it's fun i I mean i'm not yeah i'm not we got that they got kegs from germany of you know Oh, whatever, Bex or whatever, you know. I've had enough German food, man. We'll go get a falafel somewhere. You can okay. show me what's okay. uh, what, what there the, is. There are falafels. What around. the deal is? With the, delight. It says right on the cup. You can open your own French. Uh, how the how the Quiznos go? By the way, the, the Quiznos plan that didn't happen yet. But um, <laughs> I saw a boarded up Quiznos and I thought of you. <laughs> yeah, say so that's not going to go over so well. But um, no, but seriously, the. Um, I, I don't really worry about it, but I, I, I do find World War II very interesting. I mean, I'm probably going to talk about the rape of Nang King, you know, and um, I, I tend to talk about things that tend to be a little bit more uh, 
Um, some people are going to find things offensive. I, I don't really care. I mean, I, it's your show, man. I mean, it's not like it's not like in Canada where you can get yanked off the air for like having, <laughs> right. you know. <laughs> right. I don't want to get my information wrong. I do tell people though that it's spotty because it has to be. I mean, I wasn't there, and there's the internet is just a cesspool of d- disinformation. Oh, anyway. listen, yeah, listen to me. I mean, and also, you know what I noticed. Oh, God, man, it drove me nuts. Oh, by the way, Toronto's horrible, and I got to stick up for him. He's not gay. Um, I told Luke on Facebook that I would stick up for him. You know, it's the, it's the, it's like an industry of it's disinformation. Funny. This is what I'm talking about. When, when people don't have the means to produce and market and sell, then they're going to do like these – like this FCC move is like a grab for power. And like – and you know the way that the media wasn't able to internalize the, the profitability of distribution. It, so, so they're taking it to the courts and trying to sue the public and take it away from the, the people who, who deliver the content. You know, it's, it's all this, this – it's this spreading of disinformation. Right. It's, it's this – it's this, ca- it's this uh, you know, this um, doublespeak. And I was reading on a message board about how Tron – you know, like like businesses like Disney, they figured out how to work around the critics. Like a movie can be critic proof; it can be profitable even if the critics say it's horrible. That the that the the businesses that market movies have found a way around them. Like I wonder what that is. And then and then the guy on the message board said, "Well, they've even figured out a way to get around word of mouth, which seems impossible." I've already told my sister, "Do not see Tron." Right? <laughs> okay, which is ridiculous. And I'll get into why Tron is such a you know. It's I think it's. I liked I, it. I liked it. So I, no, I mean, but no, uh, oh, no, I did. No, I did. No, but we're going to, no. we're going to have to go back on forth. Really, on it. We'll talk about Tron in a minute, but <laughs> the way that they do it, the, 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 like ministry of disinformation, Disney, I heard this on the radio. They get on the radio and it's every point that's bad about the, everything you've heard about Tron that's opening in a couple of days. It's not that it's a lie. They're going to tell you the truth, but the truth is totally wrong. First of all, this is the movie made for 3D. The 3D in this is great. And Jeff Bridges doesn't phone it in at all. This is the <laughs> career. You know, Jeff Bridges, I heard him on uh, on the radio with a guy who played Dirk Dietrich on, on Nightstand. Okay. And I, I swear to God, this guy, he must be a super talent because he sounds like he could he, – he clocks out of five and goes spend time with his wife and his kids. More than that's why he never got the Harrison Ford roles because this guy could give a fuck. He does not give a shit. That dude clocks out of five. You told me you were on my blast talking about your guys at work to talk at clock out of five and don't care. Right. <laughs> that's Jeff Bridges. Okay. <laughs> this dude does not give a shit about his career. Okay. And Disney's on the radio saying Jeff Bridges delivers a tour de force and two freaking digital performances <laughs> and stuff. And it's like it's just like everything that you've heard. It's like then when your friend at work says, oh, Tron's horrible. It's freaking horrible, man. Let me tell you. I was alive in 1982. I can tell you what a good Tron movie is. Then you get on your car and you're like, oh, man, uh, it's in my brain right now. Tron is horrible. I'm not going to see that. I turn on the radio and then it's like exactly the opposite of what the guy told you at work. <laughs> and that, that's like they're new. They can't – I'm telling you, Tron is all about t- taking, taking your labor pool over to Vancouver and um, I don't know what the hell happened. It just makes me. I mean, when you really look at the movie, don't you get don't you get a little mad? I mean, don't you get like a little worked up? I okay. Well, see now, you probably went and saw it on opening day. I I waited. A, I've been a, waiting for opening day for three freaking years. Yeah, I I I knew that it was. I read the reviews because I it didn't work on me, and I knew that the storyline was weak. But I knew that the effects in it were really good. I did see it on a big screen, you know, with in three D. I paid like thirty bucks for two tickets. I don't ask for. Much, man. Okay, the prequels. Okay, 
they're, you know, I mean, we all wanted more Star Wars movies, and we got them. They weren't great, but they were serviceable. I mean, you could be a big Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan, and that movie wasn't great, but at least it didn't, like, spit in your face how fucking horrible it was. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was just like... See, I don't, I don't get that from this. I mean, I understand... No, what, I do. I, I, I understand. I, I understand that the plot and the story was horrible, but Dude, I think In this that, economy, Boxleitner is powerless. But it, if it was before 2008, Boxleitner would have said, listen, guys... Look, look, I've had two hit TV shows. I, I'm not, I know this, I do two weeks of work, you give me a million dollars. But I think Boxleitner has the integrity to say, look, the movie is still called fucking Tron. Right. I am Tron. The movie should be kind of, sort of, about me. Right. Not in blurry flashbacks. <laughs> it's insane. What the fuck? I, th- that was what bugged me in the beginning, that oh. Boxleitner wasn't in the trailer. Okay, I'm nitpicking. But that he's not in the movie, and then they kind of try and sell you like he is in the movie. The movie's still called Tron. Tron is Boxleitner. So Boxleitner <laughs> is how the fuck is Boxleit is is Tron and Clue? They're in a mainframe in his arcade, but but Alan Brady doesn't know about this. Or Adam Bradley, I don't remember the guy's name. Yeah. But he doesn't know that that Jeff Bridges is using Tron in a in a new environment. Like he doesn't, you know, and, and the most information that he gives him is here's a pager. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? This is the guy. <laughs> you basically have, okay, Jeff Bridges is like Han Solo and he's Luke Skywalker. So basically it's like if Han Solo said, okay, I'm going to go fight Darth Vader. Here's a pager. Like it's fucking ridiculous. No, it's I, so insulting it, to a Boxleitner fan like myself. My wife's a Boxleitner fan. I know he's not a movie star, but he is fucking Tron, and I'm I'm deeply, deeply insulted. I'm really, really mad. The only thing I can think of is that listen, when I if you okay, d- dude, I agree with everything you're saying. In fact, I agree to the point that like if you sit there and analyze this movie, it's a horrible steaming pile of shit. I mean, I completely agree with you. You can do that with the prequels, too, but I still get some enjoyment out of the prequels. I think the visuals in the prequels were better, first of all. I also thought the acting and writing was See, I just... Definitely a step above this. I was not bored watching this movie. I mean, I just... I fell asleep asleep at the end. I I wasn't. I mean, I watched the entire thing all the way through, and I I was not unentertained. And that's all that matters to me. I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, though. I mean, it's almost like who greenlit that script because the script was fucking horrible. But it, it, it just, the way it was directed, just constantly had new things to look at that I yeah, was. But it just, wasn't anything new. It was, it was, I mean, if you take the first 40 minutes of that movie, it's basically a remake of the first, first movie. Well, they, yeah. have, they have a, a disc battle, then they have a light cycle battle, then there's exposition for 40 minutes. I mean, I was in a 3D theater with a, a monster screen. There's things flying around and stuff. And yeah, granted, most my my movie came with a warning that said most of this movie isn't in 3D. That's what all of them had. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, uh, go. I was like, all right, that's so much a great a great idea to go see it on the expensive theater screen. But when the things yeah, were going on, psych up the crowd. <laughs> it, it was yeah. I mean, but it was it was interesting. I mean, looking at like I would look at Jeff that fake Jeff Bridges from uh-huh. like. Uh, um, you know Disney's animated train movie, whatever that was called. You know that that kind of thing. And I would look Are you at talking the, about the Polar Express. Yeah, like you got that yeah. Polar Express face going on, and um, you know, and then it was kind of like supposed to be in the eighties. So I'm looking How at that. How come he doesn't look like eighty nine Jeff Bridges? Like I was watching Fearless. Yeah, the one by uh, what? Who's that guy? They you said know, the picnic hanging rock. That did not look like Jeff Bridges. They, That's not the Jeff Bridges from um um. 
the fabulous Baker Boys. Okay, they said it was <laughs> they 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 said it was from Against All Odds, Bridges. Oh, that is a piece of horseshit. That's movie. what they the the animators said. They made that was this the, the time period. So they said they made that is the Jeff Bridges that they used. I don't know, man. But I mean, what I'm saying to you is that I agree with what you're saying. But I found it, like I would look at that stuff and I would look at you know. Well, there's some pretty hot girls in the movie. I, there are some hot girls and, in the and movie. I, would be I, will, paying, I will say that. I would pay attention to that. And, you know, I mean, I was just kind of fascinated by what was, you know, the gloss. I mean, I just admit it. I'm just admitting it. I liked all the gloss. And uh, the music is fine because I listen to techno anyway. So, I mean, it was just kind of <laughs> like, to me, it was like enough, you know. It wasn't $30 enough. I def- definitely paid too much money for it. But you paid $30 for one, you, you took a two, date? Or? Two, yeah, two, two okay. tickets. But, um, it, it I, I mean, I agree. But I, I also think there's going to be a sequel, and they got the same scriptwriters. Oh, They're going to write yeah. it, so I think it's going to be a, a sequel. Yeah, I'm not going to go see the next one. <laughs> you, were, just, you were the guy that was so excited for I, Tron. I was so excited. Right Everybody else was like, ugh, Tron, blah. And you're like, come on, Tron might be good. And I started to think about it because of what you said, and I was like, hmm, maybe Tron will be good. And well, I, all the trailers were good. <laughs> The soundtrack was good. And now you're and, like... And then uh, the reviews started coming in, and you're just like, oh, man, what a fucking bummer. Because it's like, after, like, Lord of the Rings comes out, and you have, like, adaptation, like, when you set that standard, and then you have... I'm not saying that, like, the original Tron is, like, Tolkien, but, I mean, it's an... <laughs> it's like... Look, it was an exciting movie for the time. It, it like broke, you know. It like you know, there's massive use of CGI in like 1982, and you know the design was pretty solid, and the script wasn't great, but you know it had Box Lightner and Jeff Bridges in it, and they did some cool video game shit, and it was a good fucking movie. I mean, it is. I know, I know, it hasn't, you know, I know people don't love it. It's kind of a boring movie, but it's a, it's a good, you know, it'd be a good movie to make a sequel of now. But you have to kind of take it. You have to take the same. It's like it's like what do you call it? It's like a, it's like nursing an egg. You know, you got to take the same care, the type of care and meticulousness that they put into like Lord of the Rings. If they had the investment to make a good movie like that, and maybe someone like Boxleitner, who seems like the type of guy who would show up in a meeting and just say, "Look, you guys need to fucking step your game up. This movie isn't ready yet. You know, you're gonna you might make your money back, but you're gonna basically." Kill, you fuck everything up, kill, and that's basically what they did. I think, I, you know what, I don't think so. I think that that movie will, because it's for kids, it will live on because kids don't care well, about yeah, all... yeah, what Disney did was they created a brand, and whether or not that brand is profitable, it, it you know, with all the, uh, not ancillaries, but uh, what do you call it, with all the synergy it has with the other Disney properties, by making it conscious in the public mind... They've they've succeeded because they can they can monetize that. Kids, Whether or not the movie is any good or if they'll even be a sequel doesn't matter. Kids what they've done will, is they've created a context for more Tron at their theme park, yeah. more Tron on the Disney Channel, right. Tron cartoons, yes. Tron video games. Yes. These don't even have to be profitable. But what Disney can say is, look, we have properties. We're an entity. We do things. Yeah. Uh, no, just, I agree. It's, it's backwards. And Luke Dog did say that girls were ew when you asked him if he had gotten laid yet. So I immediately equated that to him being gay. I just want to no, put that out. Luke Dog's not gay, and I think he got laid. He will not show me pictures of his girlfriend, even though they're breaking up. So I, I keep telling <laughs> my wife, you know, I, That's funny. oh, God, you know, I, I haven't made a lot of friends in the last few years. Like, oh, what about Kevin and Luke on the internet? I'm like, Luke won't even show me a picture of his girlfriend. It makes me feel like I don't have friends. And I'm, 
Listen, I like Loop Dog. He's been one of the longest listeners forever, so I'm yeah. just I'm just ragging on him. It's well, just... he also said, I said, well, is she hot? You know, is she like a six or a seven? And she's like, well, I don't. This is what Loop Dog texted back. He says, well, I don't date Uggs or fatties. So there you go. <laughs> well, I, I kind of have the idea that Lucas, like, you know, he went to college. And, uh, you know, I think he fucked it up. But I think he had, you know, a six or a seven girlfriend. For a couple months, which is really all you need to get you out of that slump of never having been laid. So, my, you know, bully for him. <laughs> all right, we should stop talking about him. But um, oh, he's, he's a dear friend. Yeah. Love Are you guys he, still doing your Steven Soderbergh show? Or? Oh God. Well, I'm, <laughs> uh, we we have technical difficulties. <laughs> the difficulty being like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It just never. Kind of. How are you recording this? You're just using Audacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's too much work for me. Don't it, you have like a soundboard from Radio Shack or something? You have like two feeds going. It, to it's not that. T- if it's just the two of you, though, you could just set up Audacity and use Skype and just call and record. There's nothing. Uh, I, have, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't. Really? I mean, I, don't know. I have to go to Radio Shack. Most of those guys did, um, you know, blog talk, but now blog talk has decided to reel it in, and now they only give you 30 minutes. Oh, so the audio quality is pretty bad on blog talk. Yeah, like, you could do... I tried to do something, and it was all messed up, and it was just like... You can do Ustream, but that's, you know, you can do audio only, so you can record on Ustream, um, and, uh, you know, get on, you know, but you is still... The, is the audio all right on that? Oh, the audio is better than blog talk. That's why we switched to it. But you still have to go through Skype to have a conversation. That's just for recording. Well, that's also part of the problem is that, like, you know, Luke's in college, so, like, one day he'll, like, have everything set up. And then, like, <laughs> I don't know, he's telling me yesterday he doesn't have Netflix. I'm like, it's $8 a month. And he just said you went to, like, a triple feature. And he's like, ah. Uh, when, I, when I get Netflix going again, I'll like watch um Who knows? He made he made me watch. He's making me watch Trash Humpers. <laughs> First, Netflix said they weren't going to have Trash Humpers, and then enough people sent them angry letters that um now I have Trash Humpers. So jeez, oh man, bully for me. I'm trying to think what other movies Luke would would want. Me to well, play. while we're on the topic of movies, then um, yeah. we'll we'll do we'll wrap this up in a few minutes. Sure. Um, what do you think were the best movies this year? I mean, I'm sure you didn't see everything, but uh, um, you know, there's a few movies I haven't seen. I haven't seen um, anything stands out. That's no, no, I good? haven't. Say it again. Anything that stands out that you thought was really good uh, this okay. year? Um, Tron Legacy. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I want to see True Grit and Black Swan. Um, I've heard good me, things about Black Swan. Let me go. Um, you know, the website I always use is Chud. The guy who runs Chud just posted his best 15 of the year, and I've pretty much seen all of them and liked all of them. Did, did you see, um, uh, what's that, Facebook movie? What the hell is that called? No, I did not. No. I didn't. I was uncompelled. It seemed like a rental. It just did. I know my mother said she liked it. What about... Um, I, I love, um, what do you call Fincher, but... Uh, it, Inception? Did you like Inception? I loved Inception. Yeah. I saw Inception. I saw Midnight the night that came out, and then I went and saw it the next day with my, my wife and my sister. Yeah, I thought that was a... I thought that was really good. Freaking Ghost great Rider. Here, I'm going down. This is Nick Nunziata, who runs Shud. This is his fifth, top 15 of 2010. I, all the movies on this list I've seen, I think, were good. Ghost Rider was good. I didn't see The Town. I didn't see 127 Hours. I saw Winter's Bone. It was okay. Yeah, I've heard, saw, I've heard a lot about Winter's Bone. You didn't think it was that great? I mean, people say that movie's, I, like, fantastic, but well, I... You like Deadwood, right? Yeah, it was okay. 
Yeah. The I, guy who plays Soul Star is, is the second lead in the movie. Oh, He's very okay. good. Yeah. And it kind of shows you, I mean, I was just talking about how, like, um, you know, this country will eventually run out of money. But really, that won't, you know, we'll always have a way to, like, put up a wall to keep the bad people out or something. And Winter's Bone is kind of an interesting movie because you can see, like, a, like, you know, I don't even know how realistic it is, but you can see, like, victims of the economy, like, in mass, you know, like, whole communities that are wiped out by, by progress and by technology. Right. And that they've got nothing going on except, you know, selling crank. And, you know, it's just kind of, I think it's a little contrived, you know, the daughter's, like, 17 and she's got, like, her parents are both dead and she's got, like, two kids. I don't know how, you know, I don't think that happens every day, but... You know, it's a little depressing, but basically, you know, it, it, it had it was kind of fun to have it shine a light on part of America that really nobody gives a shit about and nobody really pays attention about, and kind of do something dramatic with that. And I, I don't know how realistic it was, but you know, I mean, it, it thought out, it's thought outside the box. Yeah, you know? but check it out. I mean, it's I would I'll call watch it a it good then. movie. Yeah, a profit. Did you see a profit? No, I did not. That's on Netflix and HD, and that's fantastic. That's another one. There was a French guy who said. Um, you know, same way that in Winter's Bone, you know, there's all these hill people that don't really get any prime time, in, in, you know, in society and the media. He was saying that in France, which has, you know, probably more racial problems than modern America, um, you know, like Islamic youth are invisible. Like the 20-year-old the Muslim man, you know, North African immigrant to France basically has like no image in French society uh, even though they're all over the place. Hmm. So you just decided, you know what, I'm going to make a movie about one. <laughs> and it was, it's kind of a cool idea that you see this guy, you know, and it's just kind of like a Scarface type movie. You know, it's kind of like a Godfather type movie. But again, it's kind of interesting because, you know, it's a French film that thinks outside the box. What if we took someone who's vilified and made them sympathetic and introspective and had the audience be introspective about that, you know, that would do something for society. So thumbs up on A Prophet. Uh. What about what about the other guys with Will Ferrell? Other guys, it's funny. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the American. I just wanted to. Good. I just wanted to go all the way to the other side on that. Sorry. Monsters I haven't seen yet. I want to see that. Do you know about that one? Monsters. Yeah, that, That's where they sanction off all of Mexico because there's been an alien invasion. Yeah, Brian saw it and really said it wasn't that good. So I'm not well, sure. I think the director was saying something kind of interesting. It's like you have these movies like Independence Day where the monsters take over. Right. They didn't really see the aftermath, you know? Right. Like, I think it's like the good German of, like, uh, monster <laughs> <laughs> So, take that. Scott Pilgrim, I fucking hated. The fighter was okay. Oh, you saw uh, that? That wasn't that great for him? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, uh, man, I wish they could put Amy Adams, like, in stasis from when she was just, like, a little bit younger and a little bit hotter because she's smoking <laughs> fucking hot, but she's beginning to push 30. Mm. And, you know, uh-uh. So that's kind of a bummer, but you know, time moves on. You know, behold the ravages of age. <laughs> but uh, we'll always, we'll always have uh, Amy Adams like at twenty three, which is pretty much. Oh my gosh, she is smoking hot. Um, exit through <laughs> gift shop. That is that's on Netflix. That's fantastic. Have you seen that one? No. These movies are all free on Netflix, like ready to go, like right now. They're fantastic. Exit through gift shop is freaking great. Um, Black Swan, I didn't see. Inception, this is number four, we talked about that. Haven't seen The King's Speech, haven't seen True Grit, and haven't seen Social Network. So that's, uh, those are, you know, right. going 2010. So all the movies you like are the free movies you saw on Netflix. All right, good, we got that. We got yeah, that. go see Exit Through Gift Shop and A Profit on Netflix. No Twilight, yeah. Twilight Eclipse for you this, this year? Uh, no. 
Do you even do you even, do you even watch those? Or is it just... I watched the first Twilight. I got oh, yeah. through. We made fun of it a lot. You know, it's kind of like a mystery science later type experience. Yeah, right. No, I was just curious. You know, because a lot of people are like I hate it, but then you like, have you seen it? And they're just like, what I tried one? to watch the second one. I have like a two times falling asleep rule. No, I mean that's cool. I don't even care. I'm just you know just kind of a thing. Just just a question. I'll I, no, I didn't see it. Did, right. did you see it? I've watched all of them, yeah, but you know, it's one of those things. Um, do you have a girlfriend who goes to see Twilight movies? No, no, no. I, yeah, I go by myself. And I, no, no, you no, sound, sound like you took a date to Tron. You're, you're uh, you know, inquiring minds want to know. What's yeah, going on. no, nothing. Uh, I'll talk about it. But the um, the third one's not as bad as the first two. Oh, that's all I'll say about it. None, none of them are great, but I mean, I've seen enough freaking horrible romance movies, man, where it's just, you know so bad and I've had to sit through them like when you go through a list of the worst movies of the year I've probably seen all those because they're all like those horrible like oh couple. god don't even get me started on the uh, the bounty hunter yeah right, that was the worst right. or movie. you know somewhere that was so bad in Rome or any of that shit I mean yeah so it's like if I get the when in Rome was at least uh, like satire a little bit uh, you know, it was really bad punish. it was killers with Ashton Kutcher I mean oh yeah mm. that was awful fuck him actually he's in a pretty good movie called um what is it called? Skin or yeah, something? Yeah, I saw that. That was actually pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. He's all right. And Hayes or whatever was in yeah. there. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit, uh, it was a little weird, but um, no, it was a good movie. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Now you're telling me those are good romance movies, but that second one, I was, that's kind of, the romance. No, like, I'm not saying that that's, he's like no. hanging out with a guy and he's like building a motorcycle. Completely and not what I'm saying at all. And she's like, I don't know, what are you doing? I'm making a motorcycle. <laughs> I'm saying that at least there's vampires in it. It's like Eventually, I, I, I couldn't stick around that long. I, I, you know, get to the point where there's like some, there's like a big battle in the thing and there's killing and stuff going on. And it's like, you know, at least there's something because I can't handle all of this, uh, ooey gooeyness, man, that goes on with these romance films. I mean, it's just, I mean, unless it was a good one, I would be okay with it, but I don't know. I, 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 were there any good romantic comedies in 2010? Mm, no. <laughs> I mean, because I think that they're so cookie yeah, It's like the days now. of Billy Crystal and the, Meg Ryan are kind of like, right. You know, they, they, it's like... They, they're constantly looking for that, though. They're constantly looking for that cute couple that, you know, captures America's heart, but they do it with the worst scripts and it's always like J Lo or fucking um, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, or Sandra Bullock, you know, pretending that she's not hot. Oh, this one she'll be Ryan Reynolds' boss or something, you know. Oh, yeah. Just oh, like, that movie just put me out. There. <laughs> I know. I get like thirty minutes into these movies, and I'm just like, uh, I've had enough. I mean, that's like, good for you because you can at least get some sleep. You know, you. Because my and... that, we watch that on DVD during the summer. It's like my wife, my sister, my mother. They'll be watching it, and I'll just be like, hmm, I'm not watching this. Then later, like, oh, it was so good, you should watch it. So I try watching it. It's just like, oh, man, this no. is a movie that makes, like, $200 million. Like, this is the movie that helped me make Ryan Reynolds a star. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, really? I mean, really, this movie where he stares at the camera and, like, acts cute and, like, you know, trips on his feet and stuff and, like, licks his lips like he's wearing chapstick and stuff. And I just want to punch him in the face. Yeah. I feel like I can take him. Do you think that, uh, do you think that green, uh... Green, no. No, Green Lantern? <laughs> I would say that's for... Yeah, I, I I have to spare some remarks to make about Greenhorn. It's really scraping the bottom of the barrel when you're getting to like Green Submariner and like Green Hornet and like you know all this like Green Lantern, this, Green Lantern. What? Well, the same Green Hornet's coming out. All yeah, like, that's true. You're just like kind of you know you're scratching the bottom of the barrel. You know you got to keep it. Yeah, 
I mean, really, like Thor and like all these comics I hated when I was a kid. Like, who the hell reads these? Like, you know, you read Thor and it's like, you yeah. know, Thor got the freaking, you know, <laughs> silver hammer plus two minus three dexterity. And you're just like, see issue 63. I'm like, who the hell reads Thor? Like, who the hell? like who's reading this? Who's getting this every month? Who comes in the comic store? Yeah, I'm going to get uh, Batman and Spider-Man. And, uh, you know, like Punisher. Okay. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I almost forgot Thor. I need to read Thor every month because my life is uh, – there's not enough comic books out there. I need to read well, Thor. What's crazier is that they decided that that would somehow make sense to make it into a movie, which is even more bizarre because, you know, it's all about, like, Norse gods and everything. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the hammer and he's going to – how is any of that going to even take? I don't I don't get it. But then I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, Sometimes there, well, can, there's all the flab. There's the racist flab about how the Norse gods are black and Asian, you know? <laughs> like, Kenneth Branagh doesn't know what he's doing on a movie set. Like, you gotta, like, start a blog about how, like, Idris Elba shouldn't be a Norse god. Like, F you. <laughs> like, I mean, who cares? Who reads Thor? Who gives a crap? Wow, I haven't read any blogs about it. I just saw some preview for the movie and some guy... No, goes, that's a thing. That's a thing. Idris Elba, who played Stringer Bell. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a Norse god, and, like, all these racists took to the internet and were like, we need to, like, do something about Kenneth Branagh on the new <laughs> Thor movie. Just like, really? Really, man? I mean, can't Idris Elba be a bigger star? I mean, he seems pretty cool. Couldn't he be the new Carl Weathers? You know, couldn't you just kind of shut the fuck up and just, you know? Yeah, it's just Thor anyway. I mean, who cares? Who I mean, gives it's, it? Yeah, call it who gives a shit It's based on a comic book. It's not based on the freaking real Norse gods anyway, you know? Yeah. They, they it's they just everything. It's all crumbling down. We had 10 years of pretty good movies, and they're just out of there. That's why they're redoing Spider-Man. They're making it all cheap and, like, Twilight. What about Noel, Christopher Nolan? Is he going to do, like, another Batman? Oh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all geared up. They got um, was Tom Hardy on board. They pretty much got it all figured out. I think Tom Hardy's... I don't know Batman well enough. As a pretty big Batman fan in terms of the movies and the TV show. I don't really read the comics, but there's some sort of... It's, it's kind of weird because the, the, the script that's going around for Batman 3 is pretty much the same as the script for the uh, Arkham Asylum 2 video game. And both of them look, look really... How was that, by the way? Did you play that? Arkham Asylum? Great. Is that good? Oh, great. yeah, great. Totally worth picking up if you can get it. And uh, they got the sequel coming out, too. Yeah, well, the sequel is supposed to have pretty much the same characters and script as the third Batman movie. Oh, really? Which is, yeah, it's Dr. Um, I don't know, Dr. Mindbender. I don't yeah, know. I have some, no idea. Some, some third tier Batman villain. But as long as, you know, I'm kind of glad they're not making one with Catwoman and Penguin again. I mean, in retrospect, I mean, when I was a kid, I loved those Tim Burton movies, but they're really. They really sucked. Like, the Nolan movies are really great. We live in a golden age of Batman movies, and uh, it's it's just a great time to be alive, i got to say. Yeah, it almost seemed like the Tim Burton-type Batman movies were the ones that were based off of the old TV show or something, because they had the same well, the type. The TV show was good, too. They had the same I mean, type of villains and everything, and then I, I, Nolan's just, more like the Dark Knight saga or something. If you try and watch, I double dog there. It's free on Netflix and HD. Try and watch Batman Returns. Oh, and yeah. Just try and watch it. Because I turned it off after 10 minutes. It is it is just, like, horrible. I mean, it is a nightmare. It's so bad. And it's just, like, I wish kind of, though, that Nolan, you know, there's that. Because Tim Burton's, like, an artist. Yeah. So if you kind of take that that imagery that he takes of the Gotham City that he made. Right. And, you know, Batman. I think the Batmobile design is better in the, in the Tim Burton movies. Right. But if you kind of take that and plug it into the writing and acting that you get in the Nolan movies, that would be really great. Yeah. But you're talking to a guy who says he's a big Batman fan but doesn't really read the comics, so what do I know? <laughs> All right. But-
All right, well, let's... That kind of going on. Yeah, let's wrap it up because it's over 90 minutes. Remember, Jesus loves you. You don't have to feel bad about the Holocaust. Oh, my God. Yeah, all right. Stop talking about it and you won't get any more letters. Yeah, I know. I I don't know if this answered anybody's questions on this show, but I think I'll probably get more hate mail after we've covered every ethnic group possible. We we did not... We did not talk about Australians for once, so that's good. Cause that usually, I talked about Tom Hardy a little bit. That, you know? Yeah, that usually gets me in big trouble when I talk about the what Australians. What did you say? Oh, I know you want to hang up, but what did you say about Australians? I don't know this one. No, I mean, we just, back in the day, we, we were talking, we had a skit about how the they would ride on kangaroos, the cops would oh, come and yeah, arrest you. Right, and then they, they sent in lots of letters, and uh, we're really mad, and then we gave away that um, boomerang in one of the contests. I don't know. Was, oh, yeah. The Wayback Machine. You remind me. Yeah. yeah. Way, way, way back. I'm getting old doing this shit. But, um, yeah. Why don't you, you know, why don't you become a pro? What do you say? What I, do you think? What well, if you tried to get, like, a shift at, like, a nighttime? Uh, I know you already got a job, but, like, you know, what if you decided to go pro? Like, being a DJ isn't that hard nowadays. I think the market's kind of thinned, you know? I think it's... I had a buddy who went to school for it, and he... um. He ended up on an AM radio station working in the middle of the night and yeah. basically could do whatever he wanted and hated it. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, man. It, there's there's more competition for it than you think, and it doesn't pay that well. And I'm not even sure there's much of a future in it. I mean, Spill is supposed to pay me. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Is that kind of – I mean, I, 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 you don't have to answer as you don't want, but do you feel kind of like fulfilled that because you had like a, an amateur operation that you got picked up by you know a, an actual sponsored site and now you're part of, part of that scene? Is that is that kind of a success for you? Do you feel vindicated like you did some good work? I – well, no. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know, it's a really good question. I think people are curious about that. About I mean, about, finally, I think monetize-wise it's not a great success, but do you feel like you, you created some sort of – uh, you know, skill base and some sort of like network of people, and that you're 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 successful as an amateur. That you're, you know, you're propelling your art and developing. No, I, I I don't. I I I get a lot of people that tell me that I should stop doing it, and you know, and <laughs> people write people people that listen to VGN write in and tell me that they they don't like what is going on over there and would prefer that I don't do it. You know, you know, they're afraid I'm going to like leave VGN in the dust and just do spill or something, which isn't going to happen. Um, and it, the thing is, is that, uh, it's really Corey's gig and I'm mm-hmm. just kind of, uh, I'm just one of, you know, many people, he decides everything that's going on in it. So it's really kind of a step down. I mean, I don't get to make any decisions. I don't get to, um, I've tried to work with him. I'm not trying to say like, I don't get to be in control. I'm uh-huh. saying like, I've gotten like games, I've gotten interviews, I've gotten things together for that show, and he completely just leaves it, doesn't touch it. And Is that because maybe he's got too much on his plate? I mean, I want to take that personally. Uh, no, no, I don't take it. I don't. No, it is because he has too much on his plate, and I also think he's really disorganized. But what I'm saying is, is that as me being, uh, you know, to do more, I'm doing less. I guess is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not feeling as though I'm part of, you know, anything. I, I feel more like I'm just, I'm like a, I'm clocking in and out almost, you know. Uh-huh. And um, I, I like doing it. I mean, I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it. But I, I don't think that that's like the. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like a uh, a great gig. I guess I, I it would it could be better. And, Do you and, feel like you're like a holdout? Like I think a lot of people were like in 2005. Like oh, I'm gonna start a podcast, and you know yours was successful, and I mean it still is successful. But I mean you know you have some recognition, you have loyal listeners and stuff. 
do you feel like everybody else has dropped out and you're kind of like on Gilligan's Island? Like, like well, I think, know, I think where I, am I going to take this? What am I doing with it? I think most people don't realize that there's no freaking money in it. And the only reason yeah. Corey got any money from it is because he animates. They, you know, they, uh-huh. they animate all their reviews. So that enables them to get sponsors. And, you know, that's why Hollywood.com picked them up. But, um, and, you know, they, they monetize off of it. It's not because they did radio alone. Inter- you know, po- I mean, unless you're Leo Lapore, you're not going to get any freaking money in this. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, so a lot of people do do it for a while and then they quit. And a lot of big companies do it and then they stop doing it. And no, you know what, dude, I, VGN to me is me talking to my brother and friends and talking to you yeah. and talking to, um, Akuma and, and talking to, um, Larry and Don and Don and all that bullshit. Um, because I love talking to all you guys, you know, and, yeah, and, yeah. and Jedi, and, and so so I'm taping it, you know, and I'm putting it up for everybody because I think we're all funny people and we have good conversations, you know. That's, I don't care. I mean, if if I really thought to myself that it was going to be like something that I could monetize, I probably would have kicked my brother out a long time ago, you know, and been like, dude, you're not, we're not going to be able to sell anything with you farting and burping yeah, on the yeah. on the microphone. I'm not like that, you know. But I, at the same time, would it be nice if I did something more professional and, and, and got paid for it? You know, like, yeah, that would be great. But I'm also getting old. You can't really be the face of video games at 50. I mean, I yeah. know that, like, Major Nelson is trying to do it. But every time I look at Major Nelson, I say, boy, that guy's fucking old. I mean, you know, he's too old to be doing it. You, you When's, uh, Not to goof on Major Nelson, but he seems kind of, like, hot three years ago, you know? Right. Like, when's the last time you heard about Major Nelson, like, in some sort of Google or, or something like that? Right. I mean, he's just, a, like, he's, just a t- he's just a mouthpiece for Microsoft. And, uh, yeah. you know, he might be a nice guy. But, I mean, there's just a point when I'm looking at, like, um, uh, Adam on uh, X-Play, and he's almost bald at this point, you know? Yeah. And and I, and I sit there and think to myself, you're, you're too old. I mean, it's cool that there's older gamers, but you can't... Well, it, I mean, you know, who's that guy on MTV who's like 100 years old who does the news? Not that Ken, I watch MTV. I mean, I know Ken, I watch Ken Loder you know or whatever. About, Ken Loder, that guy. Yeah, yeah, Ken, I am Ken Loder. But he's doing the news. I mean, he's doing real news. I mean, you, and you can do real serious stuff, but I just think that you can't really market yourself being older because the the the, the companies that are in charge want people that. Well, I mean, are would you think of like a reinvention? You know, like Adam Curry is a guy who was on MTV and now he seems like a pretty successful programmer slash podcaster. Like you know, he he has a he has an in house production and he seems to monetize that. You know, and he was you know the headbangers ball and now he does basically tech news. You know. I mean, I would or say listen. I would sweep the floor at a place. That would give me a chance to do something like yeah. you know, as as a profession like this. I mean, but, I mean, don't you think if you weren't living in Cleveland, you might just fall into a job like that? I mean, especially after having such a a mid profile. I'm not gonna say high profile because I'm not gonna lick your balls, but like a you know a a, a, a relevant you know um, consistent website for years and years and years with with like a base of of listeners and and a pretty consistent stream of content. I think if you were living in L.A. or San Francisco. You might be like a, you know, you might have. I mean, I don't know if it would pay more than what you do as a programmer, but you probably just fall into doing something like what Sean Baby does or shit. I mean, I even I fell into that after I was done with school. I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, there's competition, but I mean, do you think was it Cleveland that kept you out of like monetizing this or at least parlaying this into some sort of more entertainment based career? I mean, does that kind of bug you? Does that sting a little bit? I just, no. I mean, you no. know, no, no. You, you get the kick out of the camaraderie. No, right? I, you're making a good point. Look, no, Cleveland, Cleveland can be a problem. But like Eric and Chet, who are my friends, went to work at Valve. You know, they started here 
got picked up because they were funny on a website here and went to work at Valve. Uh, Sean Baby is, you know, a direct descendant of that element as well. You know, he was allied with those guys, and he went on to do, I don't even know what he's doing anymore, you know, probably something for a magazine somewhere. But that's, you know, enabled him. I've never gotten anything. Nobody's ever come up to me and said, you know, do you want to go work on something? Do you, you know, we're interested in this? And it's like, I get no... Um, you did. You you're doing something with Spill.com. That's yeah, but that's that's because of Corey, not because of Hollywood.com. I mean, it's cool that Corey. Yeah, but I mean, if you were in LA, like if you were, I mean, it sounds like you know some. I mean, like you know, I don't. I actually don't remember who those guys were talking about at um. Sure. Valor. I'm sure right, I mentioned right. them on the show a billion times. But right. I mean, if you were socializing with them, not like on the internet, but actually could get to work, if you could drive your electric bicycle to work <laughs> in LA, you know, you could, you would probably, I mean, I, I'm, I think you make, you probably make good money as a programmer, but you're dealing with, uh, you know, your job might not be as exciting as if you were working more with like entertainment based programming. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a bummer because I'm beginning to feel like I'm not like a trap. I mean, I don't want to say the same trap. But I left LA. I used to live in LA. I used to live near San. Even when I was, even when I was like eighteen, when I lived in in Marin County, I would work on, you know, I would work on animation studios during the summer. So that all went away when I decided not to live in California. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, and it's 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 as a guy who's kind of antisocial and doesn't have a lot of friends, I seem to be able to know people who knew people enough. To keep me working pretty much the entire late teens and early twenties, I was living in California, and uh, I mean, but I, I, I think it's kind of nice what you said about how you do it because you're you're working with your brother, and so I wish I had something like that that I could do with my brother. I mean, we talk on the phone every once in a while, but right. you know, to have a real connection, to have something that you do that's constructive and friendly. You well, know, and I think people, a lot of people are missing that, so that's really positive. Right, people enjoy that, too. I mean, people like yeah. listening to my brother, and my brother's not going to do this kind of thing on his own. You know, I yeah. mean, I have to go out and reach out to people like him and Larry and Don Anderson and such because they're never going to be able to really do it by themselves. I mean, Anderson has his own thing, but that's besides the point. Yeah. But, no, dude, I'm with you. I mean, if I could do it professionally, I would. I. Uh, I but, mean, even would it? I mean, I mean, kind of like a halfway point. Would I mean? Would you rather be working in in video game programming? I mean, working in like Montreal or some shit like that, or like you know, in Palo Alto or something like that. I mean, would that be a? Would that be an upgrade lifestyle for you? Yes. <laughs> but 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 the reality is you'd have to move away from your family. Well, no, I don't really care about that. I mean, well, I, you should probably move then. Well, but see, I okay, but see, the problem is now is that I've I, unfortunately, you know, had this happened ten years ago or even five years ago, it would have been completely on the table. The problem I have now is is that my income has risen to such a point that I can't get into a job at an entry level and expect to handle my business, which means you know I have a house payment. I can't if I if I take a big pay cut, I can't make my house payment anymore, you know. And I'm not going to sell it in this market. So you know that is a, that is a big. Why did you buy the house then? Because I make I make good money, and I need and I got tired of running, and I just said to myself, you know, I need to do something with this money other than just going out and buying video games. And see, as your psychiatrist, though, I would say that you set up your own trap by buying a. Oh, I, I did. I did. I totally stopped myself from moving, but but. Dude, there's a point, man. I'm 38. I mean, there's a point when you go, I'm never going out there. I mean, there's no way. How am I going to go? 
I mean, there's no... It's not like you can just go out there and be like, I'm going to go work out west, you know? Yeah, you kind of can, though, because you're not going to be 50 for 12 years and you have no kids. So right. if you had to buy that house, you could probably, you know, in February be in. California. But see, here's the thing. I applied for those jobs. I went on a massive, like, resume sweep of, like, all kinds of places and never got any ground. Because yeah, but no, no, you know that's who you know and who you blow and stuff. Right, you just moved exactly. to San Francisco and got some job making shitty websites for $11 an hour and, you know, start dating some weird chick. And then, you know, <laughs> in a couple of years, no, that happened to my sister. You know, she's like, she has a job in Raleigh and she started making $8 an hour. And now, like, a year later, she's in charge of things and she makes, like, 14 with benefits. I know that's not the type of money you're looking at, but... You consider what, you know, the type of skills that you have. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm no, you, I totally understand what you're saying. I, you're making me think in my head. But, the, but you know, I mean, Eric went off to Calgary and worked at a hot dog cart for a while. I mean, I know that that kind of thing happens. But, I mean, I was, dude, I was making 11000 in 2005. And, I mean, that's, like, right at the edge of the poverty line at the time. Dude, got you beat this year, bitch. And, right. <laughs> but you have a wife. I'm not money. No, 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 no. I, I actually brought it just so I, I, uh, okay. uh, I, I don't know if I cracked the poverty line, but I did crack 11. Right, but you had somebody there. I was by myself, and I was making 11000 a year. And, I mean, it's like there's a point. Did you have five grand in the bank, though? No, man. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing. I had no, no way of doing what, what you're describing. There's no way to go. I mean, it was. This was in 2004? This was in 2004, yeah. And then 2005, you had a job and you started an amateur website. So it sounds like things worked out pretty fast. This is hardly like, you know, uh, I was on crack. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. no, it, it, it's but it was like a long period of time. Like it was like um, it, it was like f four or five years of trying what to make. What did it like when you decided to decide not to be a cook anymore and decide to be a programmer? What did you What did you teach? I mean, I'm teaching myself Joomla, which I guess is teaching myself PHP. What did you teach yourself and just say I I need to make more money? Like what did you? Here's what. what here's what. what, what, what no, what? it wasn't even money. Here's what happened. I worked as I worked in the strip joint. I had left the place that I was cooking fine dining. I went to work in the strip joint. The strip joint was paying me more. I made five fifty an hour cooking, and then uh -huh. the strip joint gave me seven fifty. And then I got tips. So I got $30 a night in tips plus $7.50 an hour. So working at the strip joint was great. And I had a bulletin board system at the time. And I wrote on the bulletin board because I had a girlfriend who hated the fact that I worked at the strip joint. Uh -huh. And so she was like, um, you know, you really got to leave that place and all this kind of stuff. And so I, um, I wrote on my bulletin board. I said, does anybody want to hire me? You know, I'm, I'm smart and I, you know, whatever. And so uh, this guy, Chet. Um, said, you can come work for us, you can load mag tapes, magnetic tapes, those reel-to-reel -reel tapes, uh, yeah. and you can load those in and we'll pay you five fifty an hour. So I took a huge pay cut to work with computers because I wanted to work with computers and I didn't have any programming background at all. And I worked there for five years and then I went to this other company that paid me double uh, of what I was making after I had worked at the other but place. But you weren't loading mag Five years. Doing? Right, I was coding. Yeah. And um, it was in a D-based language called Foxpro, which they don't make anymore. And uh, how did you? Uh, wait, you skipped a step though. How did you teach yourself Foxpro? Did you learn in high school, or what's the deal? I well, I learned it when I was working at that place, and I also would. I mean, this sounds completely like bullshit. I'm going to tell you the truth though. I would take I would take programming books, and I would sit in a freezing cold fucking garage, and I would teach myself how to code from books in this garage. And I had to use the garage because the people's house that I was living in were sleeping. 
And so the garage had no heat, and I would be in there in the wintertime with the garage door closed on a workbench with hammers and shit on it. And I would set up a computer on there, and I would teach myself how to code. Because he didn't want, they didn't want the lights on. Because, yeah, they didn't want to hear the typing, and it was too noisy oh, and everything. Geez, geez. So, so I did that, and I, and, I, and I slowly learned, and I got this is other this job. like on a 386 or something? All of my coding knowledge. The, the crazy thing is all of my coding knowledge is self-taught. I learned Microsoft.net, uh, Visual Basic.net, and C Sharp.net on my own. Like, I just, like just, I just I've, I've probably paid. That's kind of the crazy thing. I know that Joomla isn't exactly like, you know, CC plus, or whatever, but it's just kind of crazy. You're just like one day, you know, I'm just like, okay, I'm sick of doing HTML. This stuff is totally disorganized. So one day I just said, like, what are, what are people using? I knew the PHP was a way to go. So I said, all right, well, what does that even mean? Right. And then, like in two days, I was installing a Joomla database and and managing articles and and menus. And yes, stuff. it's really hard at first, which I'm sure you notice. I mean, when you're yeah. learning all these concepts, it's difficult. But once you get the base concepts down, it becomes yeah. much easier. And so I, I I am not intimidated by any sort of education thing. If you say to me, you need to come up with the cure for cancer, we're going to pay you to do it, I'll just get the medical books out and I'll start studying it. I'm sure I won't do what you want me to do, but I'll do it as much as I can. I don't, I, there's so many people in this world, dude, that are so fucking lazy and won't learn anything. And Do, go, you, feel, do you feel like you missed out on your 20s getting paid so little? Like, yes. you didn't go to college? Yes. Do you feel like that was a... I felt I felt I felt cheated and I felt that I hated going out because You're I would so see I, w- I would be broke and I would see other guys that were there that were my age that looked really nice that had nice cars who their fucking parents bought it for them yeah. and I would see them getting girls that I couldn't get because I had no fucking money I get fucking you know terrible clothes etc and you know I drove a shitty car you know, and, and I had to work every day, you know, in the middle of the night, and, and I was trying to get... But, see, that just drove me to get myself out of that situation. I mean, and I think that these people are in their situations, and they're super lazy. I mean, I meet lazy coders all the fucking time, you yeah. know? And it, it's just one of those things. But I, I'm still not that good because I'm self-taught. If you try to get a job in a real company that's, that deals with programming, they want you right out of the university. They, they want you to have all of this... Um, specialized knowledge that the university is going to yeah, teach you. Yeah, it might not be applicable, and your mastery of it might be poor because you just learned it enough to pass your course. That, when it right. gets application time, you're going to... You're they, they, but that's what they want. I mean, I've had conversations with Microsoft yeah, recruiters. and they out. Like, they, people do not care. They're not going to train you. They, they, you know, you know, what do you call Alec Baldwin? Like uh, a nice dad, go play with your kids. You know, like they don't care. They want you to produce. When they have a computer application, they want it developed. They want it developed. They don't want to train you. They don't want to support you. They want you to do it. Yeah. And if you can't do it, you know, go go sell a hot dog in a whatever Culver City, wherever your friend. There's such know. a high know. demand though, because the programming world sucks. I mean, it's not a world you want. It's not a job you want. You work it if you're poor and live in India or something and you got no way out. Or you, you're in the United States and you, you just, you know, you either got to really love it like I do or you just don't do it. Because, look, there's nothing glamorous about it. There's no women. You're not going to get a girl. There, you know, you're not going to talk about it to anybody. You're not going to go home and be like, you know, you, like in your job you could talk about maybe students or art or something and it's kind of interesting. You can't talk about code with anybody. Uh, you know, you can't be like, well, today I'd like... Uh, 
I built some arrays and then I, you know, assembled a table and all this crap. People are going to be yeah, like, the best thing is being married, though, because I never worry about this stuff. Well, like one third of my worries but, but it's, are just but, gone. Maybe even one half of my worries. But you still want to have worry a, about you still who t- I'm going to talk to, what I'm going to wear, what car I'm going to drive. I don't give a shit. Well, you do in your 20s, guys. but don't you talk to your wife about work sometimes? I, not, I talk to my wife about work every day. Right, I but I wife. can't. I don't worry about like how cool I'm going to look. And it's not cool. That it's it's that the, she would have no understanding of what you're talking about. It, it's like you can't talk to them. You you can't. It, I, I talk to my wife about PHP stuff all the time. She just kind of zones out. Then she starts talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's <laughs> shit. Just I, like in Fight Club, you're going to stop talking. That's you're, it. You're oh, right. I, I, I but my point is is that. You know, it, it's not a glamorous position. You you are always some rich guy or some sales guy is the guy that's really calling the shots. He's the guy that's going to come in and say, "Listen, I want you to build me a program that you know." You're 38. You need a 27 year old skinny girlfriend, and you will stop giving a shit about Alec Baldwin and Glengarry Ginn Ross getting chicks that you can't get because you'll no, basically have that covered. I was then talking about my 20s. on relaxing. No, no, that's... I was, good. I was talking about in my 20s, not talking about today. Oh, I, 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 I'm not... It's kind of residual. It might still be bothering No, you. no, no. But I'm, I'm just warning people that are listening to this that the, the, the going into the programming profession is a losing profession for you personally. But any profession is a losing profession. What's a winning profession right now? Uh, I mean, an acting, you know, if you're... If you, yeah, if, that's time. If you're, you know, rock musician or be an investor, yes. apparently you're a like good guidance uh, counselor, you got some really good tips for the youth. Apparently, um, you know, or be a cook. I mean, that they're on TV all the time, right? I don't know, but my point: there's no listen. There's never going to be a reality show about coding on TV that's going to fucking people are going to watch because it makes no fucking sense. You know, who gives a shit though if your job is something that people want to see on TV? Do you get paid? <laughs> are you satisfied? <laughs> who gives a shit what people think? Seriously, I don't do the job that I like. Because because no, but I see, really care what people think. I, I do it because I like doing it, and right. uh, I'm good at it. That's it. But somebody's going to tell you that you're good at it at some point. I mean, somebody's going to... tell me I'm good at it all the time. Right. That doesn't happen in my world. I'll tell you, Kevin, you're good at it. <laughs> That's not what I mean. It sounds like you didn't go to college. You taught yourself C plus minus three dash six oh, or whatever, fuck. and you don't work at a strip club anymore. Bully for you. I mean, what do you, you know, don't worry about it. You're, like, all wrapped up. You get life. you get to a point, dude, where you sit in a box in a cubicle. You have no interaction with anything except a screen. You type stuff all day. Somebody comes up and tells you that there's problems with some of the things you wrote before. you got to go and fix those dude, for them. Dude, dude, till the day I die, these printers and these projectors, I, 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 ugh, ugh, <laughs> ugh. Karate dog, you can, because that's what they call me at work. You can, uh, the, the, the printer, the projector, the projector. The worst is when you can't get the projector to work, and then years later you think, oh, that's what I should have done. And someone's presentation was totally, like, kiboshed because, like, you didn't meet the call. You know, your good friend is like, I want to show this video about teamwork. And you're like, oh, I can't get it to work. These freaking projectors and stupid cables and these freaking 12-year-old operating systems. You're just like... Can we just freaking get everybody just up? I know you can't upgrade because everything's networked and it's a big what to do, but these the projectors and the printers, it will it doesn't matter what job I do for the rest of my life. The projector. I think it's printer. I think at the, the printer, I think the projector. I, I think at the end of the day, we're both 
both you and I are pretty passionate about what we do. And I think that there's a lot of people that aren't. And that, that's the only point that really matters. I mean, I like what I do. You like what you do. We both like what we do to be better. I don't know what else to say about it. But, um, dude, it's... I don't know, but what really bothers me is that there seems to be people making forty to dollars <laughs> a year who don't, who don't give a shit. They'll go do their job well. Right. And it seems like because, you know, we're like a little bit socially awkward or something. If anything goes wrong, they can like, you know, do a TPS report of like the 10 ways we screwed up and totally like side, you know, derail our careers. Right. And then, you know, you know, Billy or Sally or something, you know, with their freaking, uh, with their, you know, wear like a carnation in their lapel and, you know, know how to schmooze and drink cocktails and drive a Porsche. <laughs> what the fuck do they do at work? What is their job? How do they make $120,000 a year? They don't seem to know their fucking ass from their elbow. Well, didn't you Who see... Who gave them a break? And how did they keep it going? Did it you ever... Wonder. Did you ever see They Live? Yes. Well, there you go. That's, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they can make a sequel to that. They're, they're the aliens and everything. Maybe, maybe uh, Piper will do a better job of managing the script than Boxleitner did. <laughs> All right. Listen, All right. it's been two hours. It's been... Yay! My wife will be thrilled. Freaking great talking to you again, man. And, hey, we'll do this later. You know, six six months. But it's, I'm, I'm glad everything's going good for you, sort of. Yeah, I don't yeah know. I'm doing all right. I, I, all hope, right. It, I hope it works and out Merry more. Christmas. God bless us all. Yes. It's going to be a great Christmas where I go and spend time with people who all make three or four times as much money as me. <laughs> and I'm 35 years old. I'm Jewish. I went to UCLA. And I made $1,000 more than you did in 2004. Awesome. How, I'm ready. How, um, what's, your, what's your temperature? My temperature? Yeah, and uh, where Here you live? In, uh, beautiful, uh, let's just say rural North Carolina. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. It's, it's freezing out. There was, when I cleaned out the car this morning, there was still a cup of ice in my car. And I was like, uh-oh. Oh, really? It's that cold? Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cold. It's, it's below yeah, freezing. But global warming's a myth, but of course. it's <laughs> the, the last three winters here have been like, you know, that scene in... Um, uh, the Postman with Kevin Costner, but but no, global warming is not real. All right, All right Ben. All right, well, I'll see ya. Take it easy later. Later, man.